0: Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the War Movie Review Podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We head back to the trenches this week with Paul Gross's 2008 Great War epic, Passion As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Hello. Mike B. Yes, sir. Nate. Please, God,
1: make it stop. Never let Paul Gross direct a film in his entire life ever fucking again.
0: And this week's special (laughs) guest, ex-Canadian, friend of the channel, and fellow YouTuber, Tavonius K. Hello.
1: (laughs) Or, Or fucking be in his own movie as the main star and then direct it at the same time. Cause how the fuck could you know what the fuck you're doing with the goddamn fucking film? This thing hey. is a piece of fucking trash. I'm launching into it again, okay? Paul Gross have, is a renaissance. I, man have, mate. I have, I have, I have what? A,
0: a, a <laughs> w- shit?
1: A Rayman? Like Jesus?
2: <laughs> like Paul Gross is a man's man. He knows how to do it all. Yeah,
1: and at least
3: nobody in this movie had gross spray paint beard.
1: At least <laughs> at least this time for the love of God he had a cinematographer that actually was okay. Thank Christ. Cause if I saw another GoPro mounted wall studded <clears throat> fucking piece of shit shot, I'd fuck I just did a Mike Birch there. Fucking it would just be
4: You did oh. I'm proud of yeah. you. I okay. I will mention this. If...
0: For any of those listening, if you have not heard our review of the other Paul Gross masterpiece, uh, Hyena Road, which is a Canadian war film about the um, global war on terror, please listen to that and you can get our understanding of our respect for this esteemed director and uh because this is kind of a two-part rather put
1: my dick on a fucking (laughs) meat slicer than watch any more fucking shit from paul gross ever fucking paulie Wally's a a great (laughs) paulie Wally. so (laughs) so oh he's a great actor right i'd say he's he's a man of
2: many talents
0: he's got 17 inches ready to go
4: yeah cold hard 17 inches of steel (laughs) i'm pretty sure if i measure my my 1907 bayonet that's sitting right in front of me because i'm too lazy to do it right now i'm pretty sure it's not 17.
3: it is a 17.2 inch blade
4: Point so, two.
1: Seventeen point
4: two. Fuck you, Doug. How about you, that
0: point two? You know?
1: Commonwealth. So fucking Do we do we do we round up? Do we make it eighteen? Is that the rule of the world?
0: Well, well what do no. you do in Canada? Yeah. Do you round down or round up? Well, if it's about it was, if,
1: it's, if it's about length, you round but Nathan, up Nathan,
0: you're not a Canadian. I'm just let saying. the Canadians on it. It okay. depends
1: on the maker.
3: The average is seventeen point two, but you can get up to seventeen <laughs> and a half, and you can get as low as sixteen and a half, and then the Indian pattern ones are only twelve.
4: Okay, so there he, was was variance. Wasn't, yeah, he wasn't incorrect because Paul probably was like, he probably saw celebrated and was like, God damn, this is so cool. Let me measure this and throw it into a fucking shitty line in my, or shitty two lines in my film. I had
0: to shove a 6 and 15, 60 inch blade in some kid's forehead, okay? Yeah, <laughs> and you
4: did what with it?
1: <laughs> and he just repeats what he said. You did? Yeah, and then I shoved it into his forehead.
2: Just went right into it like his forehead wasn't hard at all. You
4: know? Well <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, okay, so Nate Nate, you, you've done your opening no, to No. This no. Is, by the way, no, dis- I just dis- I just discla- started. Show I didn't up. even finish. Hold on. So this is a disclaimer for people listening. This is not gonna be an an overtly positive review yeah, from the vibe it. I'm getting. <laughs> um so you know that scene with a printer in office space? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back up yeah. in your ass with the rest <laughs> 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 Die, motherfucker.
0: Die, motherfucker. Die. Yeah.
4: Yeah. This, this was. <sighs> I, I usually don't, I don't usually message um, the people that are on the pod, mm-hmm. but I messaged Brian earlier and I was like, oh my God, this is worse than I remember. Because I've <laughs> seen this over a decade ago and I was probably like, seven shades of fucked up watching this on netflix on my buddy's 55 inch tv and i was i was even at that point like god this is a piece of shit and and now i watch it i'm like oh my god like how in the fuck did this make money
1: all right hold on i'm gonna i gotta pull that i got hold ass on for every hold seat. on hold on keep going Is an ass I'm, for every scene I'm, I'm doing
4: you're going to look up the numbers I did, right I, now. I, th- you, I thought I did, I just looked
1: up the numbers, but I'm going to wait for Nate.
4: Yeah, a, wait for Nate. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> TikTok, Clarice. I you know, going as fast I as was I can. like, did you watch this movie? And
3: I was like, I actually have the Blu-ray. I've never opened it. Oh. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went to go open it, and it literally had a sticker that said $1. Um, yeah. <laughs> you so, got it in
2: the Walmart bin?
3: Something like that, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh,
0: was it worth the dollar? No not even <laughs> was it even in
2: was it even in a plastic case or was it in like a paper sleeve
3: that no like it was the like the a nice store. one that came with like it still had like the cellophane around it it was oh yeah uh-huh. well because like, I never sold yeah right. so holy you it had
2: like five shit. stickers on the
3: cellophane
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah see yeah that's right exactly nate yeah exactly <laughs> exactly nate holy
1: crap
2: i saw his eyes What? what what's the numbers nate Am, am I
1: right? Is this right? That's what I saw. 20, 20 million and it only grossed four? Yeah. <laughs> it cost
4: 20, 20 million and they
1: lost 16?
4: Yeah. Holy right. How in fuck? the fuck was he still in business how, after how that? How did he
1: get another film? <laughs> That's what
4: I. Oh, dude. dude the... The industry's full of failures. Well, it don't took him that, 7
0: but.
1: years to do another one. Notice? Notice? And notice was, how he gosh. hasn't made another one since Hyena Road Thank Christ. Yeah, cuz like Did
2: this it, was 2008, Hyena Road was 2015, so it took him a little while to get out of movie jail. He's massively dead, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> movie jail. Yeah, That's a good one. Like, like, massively
1: dead. I again. I don't like shitting on people's work because I, Well, I mean this is what this whole podcast is about. But but I I don't like shitting on people's work like insultingly. This makes me fucking angry when I fucking watch his work. It's just... thank Again, thank Christ there was a cinematographer. At least the shots were actually good. The story, the writing, complete dog shit. And the best line is actually a Canadian phrase, eh? And then followed up with, would you want to put a foreign substance in me? Which what the fuck was that i had to that's that's in the i had to rewind it and and molly's like did she did she really say that i'm like yeah like, and like you,
0: like you sent on, on, on the, the was jet. that Canadian courtship, Devin? Pretty much. <laughs>
1: yeah. Usually
5: would you hours. like to,
0: in, would you like to ingest a foreign body into me? Why? Yes, sir. I would. <laughs> I will meet you at the bathhouse. That's and true. while I, I would, him? while I would be obliged. While they were talking because... about shrapnel wounds
4: entering the body. That's, yes. That was, I mean, yeah. that
1: was her fucking like 180 pivot to a hit me.
4: Yeah. Yep, And then it gets into that and it's like. Ugh.
1: To be, yeah. I
2: mean, wood bang, but like, yeah, that was. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's it, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah.
4: The dialogue
1: was absolute horseshit. It was ass. And I think uh, that's being very nice. That's being Nathan, nice. I have seen <laughs> to the reference last week, I've seen Jackie Chan movies with better fucking dialogue. Okay. <laughs>
4: okay, so the dialogue's <laughs> movies. movies. Oh. But the delivery makes it ten times worse.
2: It's very cringe, yeah. Yeah, there's not, there's not any good acting.
4: When there. I charge
1: the Germans, I like to gremlin grunt all the way to the front line, too, by the way. When uh, I shoot a Lewis gun, I
0: stand okay, on, on top okay. of it. Okay, that they is the
1: only thing. The only thing that saves
0: this fucking film is I had a full auto Lewis. Only thing. and Because I don't want to shit on everything. Because, I mean, things do have good things. I, I was a little bit impressed by the Passchendaele set. Like later on, where it was all raining and all the shells and stuff, that okay, whatever. But that's you can not buy a immediate. lot for that's twenty million, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that was set design.
4: But also, also, here's the thing: is what is the title of the film?
2: Passchendaele, and it's like twenty minutes. It's, it's, of
4: the movie. N- maybe, maybe I don't know exactly. It's how two long. lines. Yeah.
2: The,
0: at the end of the film. It's we took Passchendaele.
2: Like what? Yeah, it's oh, like wow. it's like it's just like Hacksaw Ridge. It's like this movie's built up to. the just the ending, yeah.
0: How far away was the village from the Crossman thing that happened at the, um, end? Like, so, the so the Germans
3: had know. Passchendaele. Passchendaele was just behind the German lines in real life. It was a, about a mile or two back. Um, so the battlefield took place outside of the town and the Canadians ended up taking the town and then uh, like a couple weeks later Operation Michael just fucking swept everyone back out of the town. So it was kind of you know, as a patriot, it's it's revered as one of the best like Canadian victories of all time. But it's like, well, then they got pushed out by a bunch of starving people with like shitty equipment, and it was like easy as hell to get the Canadians back out of the town. And it was kind mm-hmm. of a worthless net loss for everybody. So I don't know why everyone's so proud of it. But
0: well, well, I, I mean, just, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Brian. Just to, you know, talk more about Canadians, the First World War, I mean, you know, they, they fought on the northern end of uh, the trenches, like Yeps.
3: Yeah, they fought between mm. the British and the French mm. strategically because they speak both. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. So hmm. that way they could help both lines if one started to falter, they could move interchangeably between them all because you spoke both languages in Canada. Interesting. So, so they were
0: the southern end of the, of the Commonwealth line then. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh. Because I've heard some stories, like because I, uh, I don't have one, but I wanted to buy a Ross a long time ago, and I did a lot of research into I them. I have one; and it's great. I'm, it's crazy how expensive they are, but <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and all the variations as well. But like, I was looking into like the early use of the Ross in the First World War, and you know, they were in that northern area around Ypres and stuff. I, I didn't know they were moved to the southern part of the line. So Eeps. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, and then uh, were they replaced by the like, Australians and stuff? Because I know the Australians ended up that far northern part of the line
3: it ended up kind of by the end everyone mixing together okay but strategically when canada entered the war in 1915 they were placed between the french and the british because it was hmm. a quick solution to solve communication problems especially like on the front lines instead of having to have interpreters and translators and stuff going back and then coming forward you know through the telegraphs and through the phone lines and stuff it's easier to just be able to give orders in both languages
0: hmm. so the, the canadians didn't get there till 1915 interesting
3: no they didn't they didn't get there till 1915 because uh they kind of got caught um because while being the only um british uh protectorate not really protectorate but they were part of the empire but not really a part of the empire in a
0: like a mandate in a way or
3: so Canadians were fully independent from the British Empire, but still a part of it. The only thing that they were allowed to make was uh, the British crown at that time was allowed to make was uh, foreign policy. And the foreign policy didn't include war. Canada was the only autonomous region um, of the British Empire that could decide after 1870 if they go to war or not with the rest of the British Empire. They were the only ones given that privilege. Hmm and um so they actively chose to go to war they had to do all their declarations of war and everything because unlike india australia and everything like that where the british are like you're going um canada had to have their own government and declare war and everything like that because the only thing the british kept control over was foreign policy that's fa- so,
0: fascinating because you know there there were indians yeah. at the battle of the marne and everything you know mm-hmm. in august of 14 so it's oh huh, i had no idea Huh? Yeah,
3: so they were very autonomous. They were the only part of the British Empire that was actually given full equal status as actual British people, too. Hmm. Whereas everyone else was kind of a step down or lower in India's case. <laughs> um, in the British Empire's, like, standing, uh, Canada was the only one of the Dominions to be able to achieve that kind of same equal status to to the homeland itself. So, But hmm. they had to... Make their own declarations of war. And of course, Canadian military, incredibly small. Um, Still had militias, actually. They had militias Hmm. up until like the 50s. Um, Yeah. Very, very, very behind the times. They didn't get rid of their last black powder weapons out of inventory. Active, like, using black powder weapons until the 40s. (laughs) Um, Very, very small. Very, very um, under-equipped. Unprepared. So they had to do this whole gearing up, rearming, kind of, how are we going to set everything up and get it going, uh, kind of like the Americans had to do in 1917. They sent what they had ready, and then there was this whole, well, how the fuck are we going to gear everyone else up to get going? Oh, so,
0: huh, very interesting. So it was more like a territorial army longer. than anything else.
3: Pretty much. It was hmm. very sparse. Um, Canada, even to this day, the military is the basically largest it's ever been since world war ii and they can only field you know five divisions
0: Hmm. yeah
3: so for the second largest country on earth they can only field five divisions and one of them's basically a headquarters one they don't actually fight Hmm. they just handle all the logistics and the communication and everything so so they can only really field four fighting divisions Hmm. so
2: so i'm curious then as someone because you obviously are way more in tune to the Canadian side of this. Um, what are your thoughts on this movie? Then it's pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's pretty
3: goddamn awful. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. I
1: it, it sucks because I, I, I will continue to harp on this piece of shit. But I really, I really wish it had better representation of this, of this, of this. You know, subject because hearing you talk, I like. I want to hear you explain everything you yeah. know like it's it's a very interesting subject and i wish it had better representation i think it's the same problem we had when we did hyena road where it's like it's the only canadian afghanistan war film ever so yep. unfortunately it's what represents it as you know canadian bacon six so it's just like i i just i i get frustrated when i see this and i see essence of really good like i believe my wife had said something that she goes, it's a shame that all this, all these props, all the work of the cast and crew were wasted on a piece of shit like this. Yeah. Yes. And that's what, well, that's what she said. And I thought that resonated with me because she felt bad for all the people putting in all the hard work and all the sets and the rain and everything. Like, it looked really good. I've seen really bad films or some. Actually, sorry, let me rephrase that. I've seen really great films with worse sets. And props and everything. Mm-hmm. And and from my untrained eye, and then you can tell me if, if it's right or wrong. Were the uniforms correct and all that stuff for the most part? Or? Um so the
3: whole at home scene in Canada. Yeah. That's all entirely wrong.
1: Right. No, yeah. Um
3: so so ninety five percent of the movie is is wrong. Like,
1: yeah. It, it it was impressive to see all the cars and stuff, but like Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I could see that being wrong. <laughs> Bong. Because um,
3: Canada actually had their own uniform uh, that they wore at home and for the first part of the war until the supply lines couldn't keep up. But they would always supply their own soldiers at home with the model of 1907 uniform, which has a standing collar. Um, Every uniform portrayed in the movie is the 1902, the British 1902 uh, service dress uniform, which is correct. You would see Canadians in the field after 1916 primarily wearing... British 1902 pattern uniform uh nobody had their boots correct nobody's wearing any ammunition shoes in the whole movie they're all wearing like knee-high fucking lace-up boots which you could see on officers and you were allowed to private purchase but the vast majority of people would have just had ammunition boots and putties which you don't see in the whole film um the only they i mean so All the home equipment, you wouldn't see him wearing 1908 pattern gear. So like when he's wearing his belt at home, you know, which is part of the uniform, the 1902 service dress, which is correct if you're doing British, but not if you're doing Canadian. Um, You would have a um, like stable belt. You wouldn't really be wearing your 1908 pattern gear or you would have a leather belt. If you were an officer equivalent to like the Sam Brown stuff, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be wearing your 1908 pattern web gear in Canada. That would be something you would go to Europe, and then they would give you.
4: Hmm. And Devin, so the 1907, that was more of a green. Uh, Nope, it was still the same
3: color as the British uniform at the time. Yeah. What am I thinking of then? So the British pattern uh, 40 and pattern 39 is brown, and the Canadian pattern 39 is, uh, I'm sorry, the British pattern 37 and pattern 40 are brown, and the Canadian Mm -hmm. pattern 39 battle dress is green. So. Yeah, that,
4: that's what I was thinking. My bad. Yeah. But in World
3: War One, yeah. it was all the same color. That was standardized because Canada, with its autonomy, that's why they didn't have the SMLE. They didn't standardize on the SMLE until actually after World War One. That's a big common misconception. Um, Canada only adopted two rifles during the whole course of World War One. They had the Ross, which, because they were very autonomous, they got the Ross as long as it took 303. It's all really anyone cared about, which it did. Sort of kinda, if you know the story of the
0: Ross. And just mm. just because inter- I I don't think a lot of people will know, um, it was an ammunition thing mm-hmm. why they had to get rid of the Ross, right? Because it was more precision versus the British, the Canadians? Uh, just more general. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. the, the British ammunition was a less tolerant than the Canadian ammunition was, so mm. that was the Canadian
3: mm. ammunition was very very precise pre World War One and right up to World War One. Can- Canada and. Um, uh the united states were pretty much cleaning house in international shooting competitions their only competition was really each other everyone else was pretty much just like who's fighting for second um, which is credit to how nice that the fact the ross is a horrible combat rifle it's a, <laughs> it's a target rifle masquerading as a combat rifle so um
0: but well that's the, the problem with territorial armies mm-hmm. you know it's just like you get this one thing that's awesome for your application and that it's like yeah let's go to a conventional war in mm-hmm. another continent and it's like different rules well it's just so expensive
3: um, to produce it was the single most expensive to produce frontline rifle of world war one there was actually more machining hours and everything that went into making the rear sight of a ross than an entire g98 <laughs> uh i'm not even joking it's that complicated and, uh, I really want
0: to buy one of these more now. And, uh, <laughs> they're so quirky,
3: <laughs> but it was off. And they're
0: straight pull too.
3: But they never adopted the SMLE. There's not a single gun that the Canadians actually prevalently really used. Um, so
2: are you saying that's completely inaccurate then? Because all I remember were SMLEs. In this.
3: No, well by that time in the war, you would have seen a lot of SMLEs. But the Canadians. Okay you would have had smatterings of other rifles because the the gun that they adopted after getting rid of the Ross because the British didn't like them was they took on the Pattern 14, which was much more familiar to the Canadians. The British didn't like it because the sights were different. The magazine didn't hold as much. But if you look at a Pattern 14 compared to a Ross, it's they're pretty much the same weight because of the heavier barrel. They have the same magazine size and they have the same kind of sight picture. It's peep sights and stuff. Rather than going from your blade and notch on the SMLE, so it's really easy and familiar for a Canadian to be able to pick up without very much retraining a Pattern 14 going from the Ross. So, um, so the British gave a lot of the Pattern 14s to the Canadians because they were already used to reloading every five rounds. They weren't going to bitch about it because that's what they were used to, and the sights were pretty much the same ladder sight with a peep. So they would adopt. Pretty much, they would get, other than the British kind of rear-line troops, the Canadians would get the vast majority of the Pattern 14s. But by the time Passionale would have happened, you would have seen the vast majority of frontline Canadians having um, SMLEs. But through the whole war and pretty much every battle, you would still see Rosses and you would still see Pattern 14s. So, but the vast majority would have been SMLEs. You don't see a single other rifle in the whole movie. So the uniforms are wrong and the guns aren't entirely right all the boots are wrong um the equipment's wrong
4: the helmets are the helmets would have been painted that kind of mustard they would have the been a, like a, yep.
3: a tan almost the canadians did their yeah, helmets yeah. in like a, a tan rather than like the kind of olive color like the british had um which you don't see um it's all british colored helmets um
0: do they have a certain texture too not, so not actually... really,
3: because it kind of depends on who okay. made them, and what time, and yada yada stuff mm. like that.
0: Well, like the, the early rimless ones and everything, there's a lot of variations. Well, you would those, have seen uh, pretty much all, all,
3: all rimmed ones by Passchendaele. Passchendaele was very, very late in the war, um, but uh, it's, it's there's, there's so much wrong uniform-wise and everything like that. The insignias are wrong. Um, So, the Calgary uh, Highlanders, which is what they're they're known now, they're actually using that insignia. They're not using the correct world war one calgary insignia the collar tabs are right but the like hat insignia you see is not correct it's a later version um unfortunately but uh they got a lot of the insignia stuff right um as far as like the shoulder markings would go for what units and what divisions are for color coding and stuff like that because canada's always just been the rectangles and your color rectangle would tell it say what division you're from and then the little shape above it would be a different color and a different shape based on everything broken up after that so if you could have like a red rectangle and like a blue triangle which would like dictate what you were so they got all of that stuff correct everything else was pretty well correct but yeah
0: it's kind of like vehicle british markings because they have like diamonds and squares mm-hmm. and all those different shit so colors
3: as well. The they still use it, too. That's the best part. So, My division, the yes. third division, was the French Grey Rectangle, which is still the third division to this day. <laughs> it's a horizon blue rectangle. That's your division insignia.
0: Is that a holdover from actually World mm-hmm. War One? Or? It's
3: been the same. Wow. All the divisions have been the same since World War I. Just huh. the same colors and insignias, yeah
0: huh interesting well you know you never really need to change it such a small army that's right i
1: i do think they nailed down one thing well i think they nailed down you know uh german malnutrition pretty well because apparently that boy's uh forehead was paper mache <laughs> yeah
5: <laughs>
1: and i you know they i guess he had a vitamin deficiency right at the chrome magnum part of his head so he just pop through it like an apple Oh well, yeah, yeah. yeah everybody
0: knows there's a fissure that goes right through the middle of your fucking skull <laughs> right there you could yeah, pop it open if you just there's a crease right yeah. there
1: i feel like i feel like the amount of force he pushed it It just he just would have like stabbed him in the forehead and he would have like pushed his head up and like he Ow! like hardly touched him yeah when
2: the when the uh, 1972 munich massacre thing happened one of the guys was stabbed in the face by one of the uh athletes and the the knife stuck into his forehead, but it, it, it didn't like go into his brain. But it stuck into his forehead, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, he survived. He was fine. Yeah. He had to pull it out. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah, it
3: didn't. It's not that easy." And the guy like did it with. I've force heard
0: of things like that before. Yeah,
3: yeah it, it wasn't a little ah, and it just sinks into the. It, that's not how that works. But you yeah. know
1: I, what this is telling me is that Peter Gross has superhuman strength because he was able to punch a. a He's kid a stormtrooper, you know. With yeah, with with the bayonet, and also <laughs> stopped a guy leaning full force with a rifle and a bayonet, holding it like this, and going shoot the rifle, and then like and then boom, and then you know to be oh. gratuitous enough, we have to have his whole entire arm go through the back of the skull. His, he fucking fist yeah, fuck yeah. a guy. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> like
0: what the what, what are you doing? Like,
2: yeah, what? when that happened, I was like, okay, um, this movie had. This movie had a lot of very confusing, you know, of the all of the the action stuff. You know, it has it has t- all of the acrobat stuff that I that I see in movies where you know, explosion goes up, a whole guy's whole body goes flying Yo. through the air. Love
1: My that. wife went, "Hold up, rewind that. Is this the boys? <laughs> like what the fuck are we watching?" <laughs> <laughs> Like she thought he had knife hand him like through the back of his skull through his mouth. And I'm like, no, no. It's a... You look down for one second and you miss something in this film.
0: It's actually Passchendaele too. He's the Terminator. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I will say
2: it, it's much more hardcore than Hyena Road. He, it is. This was like he uh, he was really going for the violence with this. Like when people get shot, the squibs are like. <laughs> A Tarantino film. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, blood it's, you know, it's out, like a know.
0: bowling ball size, like blood bag on a guy's back as he's running away. Yeah, it's, it's like the whole thing moves. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, oh, you mean when bullets hit people on
1: the ground they fly like if they've been hit well, by a cannonball? It's like all this Yeah, that what the fuck yeah.
2: was that? <laughs> it's like a giant croquet mallet came down in and
0: head. and it remember, <laughs> whenever a shell lands next to Paul Gross, it only the shrapnel only goes away from him. And it affects everybody else except for him. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like multiple yeah. times. Well, the He's reason invincible.
1: the reason why he didn't get killed when the lieutenant got shelled is because there was a tiny little mud wall to his left, and that's what saved him, not the concussion <laughs> right. that would have scrambled his brains. Yeah, and then killed
2: him yeah. maybe a few hours. And also, later.
4: well, let, let let's talk really quick about the majority of the film, which is back in Calgary, right? It's where um, fucking nothing so is yeah, happening. Yeah, I'll say I signed it. You this is what it went. It was five minutes in Europe, an hour
0: in Calgary. And then, like, 30 minutes behind the lines and 15 minutes of Dale and then 8 minutes of fucking credits. That's the fucking movie. Like I,
1: I, I paused it at 35-14 and I went, how much more of this <laughs> fucking movie do I have to sit on? It t- took
4: hour? me several hours to get through this because I had to, like... I'm like, well, I could be doing something way more productive right now a- and we've got time. A- so. Again,
1: I, I feel bad for the actors in this movie because...
4: Okay, Michael.
1: Paul Gross did great. <laughs> uh, he yes. he paused for dramatic effect um michael when when you do your movies, do you feel like you have to be the main star and also direct? <laughs> you know I've never even
2: thought of about considering that
1: uh <laughs> what about how about a writer cinematographer how about a writer and a director and the main person doing everything in your film? do you think you could get your film done for under twenty million dollars like that? <laughs> Like not successfully. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> well, you're not Paul gross. That's yeah, what you understand. Yeah, you're no, not I'm on the, his level. You're not on the gross. No,
1: you're not on the gross level. We have to measure you on a gross level. I'm so, I'm not gross. Yeah, You're not gross.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, very aptly last named hashtag. Yeah.
1: Yo, man, are you grossing right now? Dude, it's, it's you
4: know what, you know what this was like, um, Mike said in the chat that it was like wind talkers and the, I get that except, Hey, I'll give, I'll give Pauly, Pauly Wally. This is like, <laughs> It wasn't three and a half or almost no. four hours. Of, no, of no, no,
2: no, no, it's right under two. hours. No,
4: I
1: would rather watch wind talkers 40 times than to watch Ooh. this piece of Bold shit
3: statement. I don't no. know if I'd go that far just because I kind of like world war one more, but
1: I would rather watch hit me in the ear a thousand times than watch this film watch ever this again. again, because guess what? wind talkers doesn't bore me to death with a love triangle okay i don't give a flying fuck
4: well okay so what i was gonna say is this is basically this is basically pearl harbor just which is probably
1: why i will not that was probably why i viscerally hate it because i hate fucking pearl harbor
4: weird now i'd rather watch this
0: than pearl harbor which
2: pearl harbor is a ripoff of titanic it
0: Jesus, you're right. It is a ripoff of Titanic. But what do you call it? It's fu- it's funny how like we all came to oh, came to uh, assumptions Mike, a, Mike no. a. Wait, whoa, whoa, Mike A. Too, what? S- too soon. <laughs> oh, oh, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I gotta wait. Well, no, I was no, gonna say oh, I have two things to say here. First off, topical. I like it. I would rather be on the billionaire tube right now than have watched this movie today. Okay. <laughs> than watching yes. this, I would much rather take my chances in the North Atlantic. You know. <laughs> Oh so this a the billionaire too. <laughs> it's, it's a Canadian story. Okay. <laughs> <my>, one, <laughs> yeah. one
4: of one of my big questions is like so the kid right the the kid of the guy that he's fucking or wants to fuck the nurse. Um Wait man, wait wait whoa, know, wait wait the, wait wait. The wait wait hold sister. on. Ref-
1: rephrase that. Who's fucking who? I heard I heard the kid he wants to be fucking no, or could be the, fucking or whatever. The sister of the kid he's fucking. No, no, I fucked that up too <laughs> No, Brian No, That's Brian, Brian, no
4: His sister's the one that <laughs> Okay, no, sister I said it You said sister, right? Yeah I fucked it up Brian, yeah. Did, yeah. Sister, right? yeah. Brian yeah. did
1: not That's why was... Am I wrong?
4: No No, no, no I know, right. I
1: know what you said Nate just wasn't I, I listening I wasn't listening <laughs> And I heard yeah, exactly. I heard you the word I heard listening. the word kid And fucking him Like No
4: <laughs> We're not We're not like going there fucked It's fucked it up we're not going we're down not the Gandhi about, route again. Not, yeah, exactly. We're not talking about Gandhi, but... No, so the 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 the, the brother of the chick... What does Gandhi do, Mike What does Gandhi do? I don't want... What does Gandhi do? Shut up. Y- you're going to have a lot to cut what out. What does Gandhi do? We're not here what yet. What does Gandhi do? You really want to make this much work <laughs> you for Yes, you go. What does Gandhi do? <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> go, okay. for go. For fuck's sake. So, the brother... Of the chick that Paul Gross's character yes. is wanting to fuck. Yes. And cannot get in the military. It, it, he's got it, asthma. Okay. Why does he sound like the guy that fucking destroyed uh, Sally fields, whisker biscuit on Forrest Gump <laughs> when he's having an asthma attack. It's like, I've, I've known okay. people with asthma. And it's like, they don't sound like that.
1: No. Yeah. My, my yeah. wife was like, He's like, he has asthma, not fucking rickets. <laughs> like what no, the I fuck? I thought I was uh, what. <laughs> Dude, I have asthma. Yeah, it does not yeah. work like that. No, well that's what. Also, was, was, also, like, Paul. It... When Paul Gross touches me, he's not Jesus and soothes me and corrects my ailment. Even though he carries Nate. the cross, Nate. he carries the cross Nate. across the fucking battlefield. He's not fucking Jesus. <laughs> All you need is fucking Romans behind him, whipping him to death. And then he fucking would have been the biblical saint he is. Fucking Jesus.
4: Literally. Has Paul Gross ever met anybody with asthma though? Like they don't, they don't go, they don't do the whole thing. It's like, no, it's a squealing pig.
3: I wonder if it's like something back in the day where they just classified (laughs) any like lung thing that wasn't pneumonia as asthma. Right. (laughs) Because that's like how it was back in the day. Like you just like, well,
0: lay off the pole malls, kid. Any
3: breathing problem could just be asthma. They probably just live yeah. with this asthma,
0: you know? He should, he could have just gone to a doctor, God and they would have been like, well, it says you're talking like a fag, and your shit's all fucked up. So, you know. <laughs> well, it's
3: fucking Calgary. There's probably one doctor, and he's probably off doing other <laughs> Yeah, membership. he's telling
0: people about fucking, like, you know, uh, shrapnel yeah. wounds and stuff, and his daughter's like, you know, he's getting it.
4: Yep. Yeah, she's she's fucking getting fucking... She she getting rolled her own. by a Get guy, the guy model, on a fucking right? hospital bed she's, she's getting, getting her own variants that of 16 and, and a half to 17 and a
2: half you know like yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. that's i mean yeah. they told the actor act like you have asthma and so okay i guess this is how i this is how i did well, that seen,
4: i've seen forrest gump okay i'm just gonna go with the guy life fucking, is like a box of chocolates
0: breathe with me it's gonna be okay <laughs>
4: I was thinking that actually I was th- I was
2: thinking about uh, signs when he was oh, doing that. Yeah. He was like trying to mm-hmm. comfort him. Oh. It's like in the, mm-hmm. in signs at the end where he's like breathe with me son, breathe with me. Is he's patting his just, face it's, up just, white just, no? it's just
1: dude, it it oh. it's just
2: it's bad. It's bad. Yep. It's fucking <laughs> bad. <laughs> it's bad. It is boring. Oh my god.
3: It's very boring. I movie. mean like
1: and that's and that's the thing. It's like I tried I tried to look past it and and you know it sucks because um that that actress i can't remember her name but she's she, vera in the pacific yeah but she's in the pacific and she's a, and she's actually a really good actor yeah like yeah, she, all these yeah, she, all these actors except for the kid and paul gross are really fucking good actors
3: yeah, yeah I think that's like, probably where all the money went to getting like paying her because paul gross wanted her to be the love interest and that's how much money it took i want
1: to make out I mean, with her no no yeah. no 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 i want to have filthy dirty bunker sex uh, D- don't, worry. don't worry oh, oh, don't worry don't yeah. worry your sister's safe i just screwed her 50 yards back back there don't no, yeah, worry the, don't worry. Like,
4: the gr- gratuitous like bouncing on a table well, in a that, combat zone with that no made roof, those sense because like
2: sex. she she's like they're making out then like she sits down and opens her legs and then immediately he walks up and plunges into her it's like he he just like was his <laughs> dick already
3: out no it's because he's yeah, like, got 17 inches so it was already like there you know
1: I, (laughs) I, I never want to hear you say that phrase ever. What? Plunge.
0: Plunge.
1: Well, that's what he did. Michael, I want, Michael,
0: I want you to give a class at the documentary about the Marines advanced plunging fire. Where they can use it indirectly. <laughs> <laughs> I want
1: you to read the VD book that Brian has in a pack somewhere. That's what I want you to do. I want you to read that. Okay. But I want you to read it in that voice so I can forever
0: be changed as a human being. What voice? No, it's your other voice or just with your voice? <laughs> okay. I can't wait for this for the sequel to this one in eight years, and when he makes another film, where it's called Ortona, and it's about his son that dies in Italy as a Canadian soldier in 1943. Oh, that'd be good. Just, you know. Please don't let it be
2: a
3: gross movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're going to artificially de age Paul Gross into what his was in his prime. Yes.
3: <laughs> Paul Gross's Psychonics. kid will be played by Paul Gross. If Paul <laughs>
0: Gross
1: could direct a film without being in front of the fucking camera, maybe you'd actually be a good fucking film. Uh, it probably would
2: be as bad. I don't think he's good at anything, dude. <laughs> I, don't
1: I didn't say at... I believed it. I just said it. So there.
2: Okay. Was, uh, I, I don't just... think he's good at acting. I don't think he's good at writing, directing. I mean, I guess he was able to get a
0: movie made, but well, still. No, no, he, he's good at breathing. Yeah. That's one thing. So <laughs> we we, we, we have figured out something. He's a you know he's an air cleaner, and he's got <laughs> impeccable aim,
3: apparently, with bayonets and wieners.
2: So, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's just gross. That's what I'm saying. He just didn't even need to do anything. He just walked up and was in her.
3: Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he perfectly like, centered that bayonet in that yeah. kid's forehead at the beginning of the movie. So it's
2: I mean, like, <laughs> can we just get like a five second part where he's like, uh, you know, like having to do something before we'll try to snap one off before yeah.
4: he gets one out? Well, we'll, yeah, ju- well like, no, no, yeah. but
2: like have to actually like open his pants right before he's like, or something like that.
3: I don't think people realize you got a lot of buttons and shit to undo on your <laughs> uniform before you could just go...
2: Yeah. Oh uh, well, yeah, there was no zipper back then, so, I, like, I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, I can't get it, my dick out, so I'm just gonna dry hump your pussy. <laughs> oh, I, I, did I offend you, Nate? No,
1: I just don't want to hear those <laughs> words come from your mouth.
3: He's been sitting what? in the mud and everything for so long, so, like, by the time he finishes, it's just, like, an inch of mud that comes out, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I put I put my headset
0: I put my headphones on at the wrong moment. Oh my god. Every good marksman or soldier knows to clear your muzzle before you get into an engagement. Exactly. You know? yeah. I got another foreign object for you, and this time it's not sperm. Oh god, that line,
1: dude. That line. Uh, we're gonna are we're 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 gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about shrapnel like horrific wounds yeah you know what gets me <laughs> going like that you know gets me yeah. you know it gets me fucking yeah. wet yeah.
4: like a bowl of mac Boy, and cheese <laughs> talking about fragments fucking up guys over in france yeah
1: yeah yeah a let's fuck on this a, hospital bed here a because yeah. she says that right before that the next famous line yeah
4: well that that was such bullshit that's not how canadians say a is devon knows no
0: if only, if only Tom Lee's the the sacrifice painting existed, they wouldn't have to go to a lecture. They could to stare at it the whole time. <laughs> so these weren't
2: legit Canadians in this movie. then, if they're not saying a properly,
3: <laughs> the the most Canadian part of this movie is where the guy's like, "Hey, do you have any matches?" And then he says, "We oui. just just says we oui. just oh. yes in French, and then right back to English with no accent or anything." <laughs> that wasn't and in the script. That's just what the actor did. The, it's the, it's uh, just like Jake okay, Canadian. so is this guy supposed to be like? French, French, like from Quebec or like, what's going on? I mean, I'm
1: just glad there was no neck tattoos on all the women this time around. (laughs) uh, that, That works for me.
2: It would have been nice to have some uh, some like French accents in there. It would have there was they well well, they had that
3: would have had French accents.
1: They had a Quebecian in there, and I say Quebecian because that's what they said. They said speaking in a Quebecian accent. It was what the subtitle said. Okay, yeah, one, but like some more. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying.
0: Devin speaking with his Yukon accent, you know.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jesus, yeah, this thing was just. I mean, I didn't even want to insult the term "dumpster fire" with this because it's like it's it's so it it's so below that. Like again, if if I was a dipshit and I was fucking hammered out of my goddamn mind in my early twenties watching this, going, God, this is a piece of shit." Now it's just like, hold on, oof. hold on,
1: hold on, Mike, Mike, be paint me a picture, okay?
4: Four fucking times. You've, you've got a failed fucking wannabe director. From Canada, from Calgary, yeah. and Brian is next. I, I know that I Alberta. Respect that. I think but yeah. so. Yeah, it's Alberta. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you got a failed fucking wannabe director who goes, "I'm gonna learn the bare minimum about a fucking battle that happened in the First World War where Canadians were involved that wasn't Vimy Ridge, <laughs> but I'm gonna mention that in there, and I'm going to make the entire fucking film the antithesis of what actually happened at Passchendaele, and I'm gonna have it take place in Calgary." And have a bunch of like shitty romance going on with shitty characters and a shitty brother of some shitty fucking bitch who was a nurse who treated some shitty fucking guy who was apparently a coward. High on morphine, and then has some shitty, shitty, yeah, high on morphine. Uh, the, the detox scene with the morphine—it's like, good god! <laughs> I mean, what,
1: the, what a weird what thing fuck? to add in the movie. <laughs> yeah, she had rickets, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, she had rickets. Okay, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> fucking.
4: But also, rickets. like, God, she, she really looked like,
3: like it. I only use it like every now and then. You wouldn't have had like detoxing shit that bad if she was. Only no, if using she it said, I, "I
4: don't do it every day," it's like, yeah, well, I do it once a week. What yeah, is a I mean, day? You would How do you classify detoxing? a day? I mean, yeah. for me, it's an hour. But I mean, watch yeah. it. Watch Interstellar. It's every fucking two seconds where it clicks. <laughs> but that—that um, that was a wonderful
1: uh, picture you painted for me, Mike. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, I wasn't done, but... I, oh, God, he'll keep oh, going. I, I can see it in my mind now. Go.
4: Yeah, and so then then when he eventually, um, you know, saves this bitch and her derelict fucking asthmatic little brother from their, you know, their German fucking self-inflicted shame in the neighborhood, um, they both end up in France again. And they're at Passchendaele, obviously, like, together, because, oh, God, that's how the things go. And then everybody meets up again. And then this little shitty kid with asthma gets crucified. Very shittily, by the way, on pallets, what it looked like. No, it and was on then, duck um,
3: boards. It was two blown apart. Duck was, boards, duck and, boards. and he was just tied up there with wire.
4: Those are really shitty duckboards, boards. Yeah. Like Devin, you know that. Yeah. Like that, that's not what duckboards look like. Yeah. Those were pallets. Those were fucking pallets. Yeah. The prop department shit, the bed major. Anyway. So he's on these really great fucking pallets. With some plastic fucking barbed wire, and then he's still alive miraculously. And then Jesus of Calgary, fucking drags the cross. He doesn't bother to unfucking crucify this kid. He just drags the cross, all that extra weight. Well, Jesus, the fuck- well, Jesus didn't put the cross
1: down. He carried it.
4: Yeah, Not with himself on it.
1: <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> He's Jesus. Well, maybe
3: if Jesus had an asthmatic kid, he would have done yeah.
1: it. Yeah, really? Jesus had an asthmatic kid on his back, and he carried the asthmatic kid on the cross through the streets well, of Rome. Good thing Mary was Mac he cross-eyed. Didn't
4: ever tell Jesus about about about, <laughs> about their asthmatic kid. Yeah, fuck yeah. Was he cross-eyed? He probably was. Probably. Was. Um, but anyway, then he drags him back, and then he succumbs to his wounds, and then everybody lives happily ever after. <laughs> Movie that's over. Yeah, what picture. I loved at the end
0: yeah. while we're that, while we're on it is that you know, on every gravestone I've seen this, you know, they make sure just to put a date and a death date, not a day or anything else. <laughs> like, hey, Paul <laughs> Bruce, 1880 you know, that's good enough, you know, like fuck it. All the other ones in the background look great and the perfect the real headstones but ah, this one that fucking I don't know, like fucking
4: He died in he died also, in the thirteenth so- month. So why was the kid sitting there in a wheelchair with his fucking left leg bent underneath his leg to make it look like he was an amputee? It's like, well, if you look at him on the cross, there's no wound on his left leg. What He's the fuck happened? Legs,
1: yeah, right? I saw that, too. I was like, what the fuck to, is to, going to, on? To answer what you said, Brian, about
2: the headstone, it's that they the, the guy that they paid to actually carve that fucking thing, it was like $900 and they couldn't have it. Yeah right. it. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: No, whiskey did that, Mike A. Whiskey did that. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> That's that's how Jesus that's how Christ. that's how the father's grave got there with whiskey. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah.
4: Whiskey it, happened again. It's so fucking stupid. Like again, like we're talking about overall. Like in all honesty, Passchendaele was a really fucked up battle. It, was. it really was, and it was mostly Canadians that were involved in that. Vimy Ridge was like a, a really. There was like the Canadians' claim to fame. Like, okay, we can fight. We we did this shit, but a uh, Passchendaele was completely fucked. And instead of going through. What actually went down at that battle sends, you know, 15 minutes of some bullshit fucking narrative wannabe jack-off fucking fantasy about what war might be like. They again the set was good. They had just a complete field of fucking mud. That's, That's all it was. Fashion was, was just
3: mud. It was considered one of the muddiest battles of World War One. So
4: it was terrible. People died in the mud. You
3: drowned, sank into it, sunk into they, it when they you were died. asleep. Yeah. yeah
4: and like- it's like Okay, we're not going to show that. We're going to show that it's somewhat miserable and, oh, it's the, it's the trenches, but it's not. And, oh, it's raining. It's like, why don't you show these guys like rotting from the outside in? Literally, is what happened. Trench foot? Oh, yeah. How about trench body? That's what happened in Passchendaele. And they held, they took the fucking town after four fucking months. And then it was just like all for nothing. Yeah, like Operation Devin Michael
3: said. happened and swept him yep. out in less than a week. It was like five days of fighting in the German army. So, and him that
4: out. was, in my opinion, Devin. Like really quick, and then I'll stop my rant. Really quick, Devin. In my opinion, from the First World War, that was kind of the end of the Canadian, like, um, uh, success in the First World War. It's yeah. like because they had nothing left and they were so fucking demoralized mm-hmm. and they they had lost so many guys. Mm-hmm. W- would you agree?
3: Yeah, that was pretty much it. Canada didn't send that many people to begin with. They didn't have yeah. that many people to send. They sent out 10% of their total population basically to World War One. But you gotta remember back then Canada only had a population of like 14 million people.
4: Yeah. You know? It's total, it's, yeah. It's yeah.
3: eight million in the film. Day. Yeah, come on. But like and so <laughs> but like the vast majority of those people are gonna be in manufacturing for the war effort. They're gonna be in mm-hmm. supply lines and stuff. So like actual people were eligible
4: for service yeah, yeah
3: and they didn't have that many people to send or lose so anything where they got hit that hard uh cost pretty pretty dear. that was kind of
4: the nail in the coffin like from mm-hmm. from my historic studies on world war one is like that was the nail in the coffin for the uh cef mm-hmm. there wasn't like, there was... wasn't
3: much left after four years by the well, time what the fuck are you gonna do yeah around, yeah
4: yeah it's like what what are you gonna do like you lose Mm-hmm. Didn't they lose like at that point? What was the percentage of the CEF that was lost at Passchendaele, like incapacitated? You know what I mean, like casualties what was not left just dead or I'm saying incapacitated, like and their supply chain and all that shit. What was what was the percentage It was, that most was of lost? It. it was
3: probably over twenty. So yeah, which yeah, it was. It's not was a huge great. hit.
4: No, it's a huge hit. And then it's not saying that the Canadians didn't contribute in 1918. Yeah, but it's like they, they had nothing to work with. Pretty and much everything so they sent of in that, 1915
3: pretty much Yes yeah. that's what they had and that's what They had to work with the whole mm-hmm. war 1915 to 1916 was about it And then the British had to step in and start Giving stuff to the Canadians Because they just couldn't after sending Everything they had and then it would just right. so Trails out instead, down of, instead of
4: focusing on that Instead of focusing on like Telling that story he focuses On some dumb fucking love Story that's naughty it's Subpar is being very generous. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, with this movie, I mean, it doesn't even need to be Passchendaele. it could be any fucking battle. It doesn't yeah. matter. Exactly. Yeah,
1: it does you there's know? nothing specific to it being this conflict or even this mm-hmm. army. You or could this take battle. this whole
0: formula and put it to
1: anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that
3: Passchendaele is so, mentioned twice though. That's
0: um, at
1: the end of the
3: movie. That's
0: the thing I wanted to touch on too. I thought it was interesting because we kind of all came away from this movie with different ideas of what it was or what it was emulating. Well, not really. Well, really. well, well, like Michael had mentioned, it's just a version of broad. No, I, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm being um, a dick, yeah. But uh, I thought this was like a ripoff of SPR in a lot of ways. Like the structure and stuff.
2: Well, and Wind Talkers is also a ripoff of SPR.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. But it's funny. is like We all came to these conclusions, but in reality, they're all ripoffs of each other. You know, this like crazy thing that happens. And then he's wounded. And then he has to get back into the fight. Then he has to do this other thing with his idiot. And then he's back in the fight and he doesn't live. And it's like, oh. That's yep. just a fucking character arc. <laughs> you know, like it's two two second second into exactly it. you yeah. know the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing as, as Wind Talker, same thing as Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. is the same
3: fucking thing. It's all. Well, the this same is setup. so
4: goddamn lazy.
3: But oh, that's yeah. what Americans like. That's what so many people like. They like the same thing over and over again. That's why all of the shows uh that come out of Hollywood, like well, for the vast majority of its existence and like other stuff like that. They're all the same. It's all the like setup. Character introduction, rising action, climbing action, falling action—you know, happy ending. Everything just is that same format because that's what people like. That's what they're used to. It even goes back to even before TV, the fucking radio shows, like from the 30s and 40s, where they're talking about Batman and everything. It's all the same fucking thing, and it's just what people expect and what they like. Right.
4: Well, it's like it's like Michael says, it's chewing gum for the brain. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: chewing gum for the brain. That's what I call shit like this. Mm-hmm. It's like you just—it goes in one
0: ear and out the other. hitchcock had a great quote where it's like most movies today are people talking in rooms and it's like yeah you know they're in canada they're in you know oh oh, i'll mention this too you know fucking this is the age of the titanic not to keep bringing that up but it it is you know 19 teens it's so easy to get across the atlantic it takes what six weeks seven weeks you know how the fuck are these people like there before other people arrive (laughs) you know like he goes there with the kid and then the major is already in canada did he take a plane no he didn't take a plane like yeah what the fuck did he take the fast ship no there isn't a fast ship because you're in the fucking same convoy like it, it's yep. like what the hell you know it's it's very hard to travel during war they didn't yeah.
3: want to show the six weeks of taking a bunch of canadians that have never been on the water before in their life spewing over the side <laughs> of the ship so much that it actually <laughs> rises out of the water <laughs> is
0: that how they raised the titanic canadian bomb? yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> canadian vomit it should be a it's band. just it's That's just it, they yeah. would lose so much weight it was a big problem actually in world war one you read about it it's something a lot of people don't realize but um where they took it was so many americans too they blew chunks going from because there were so many of them that for one couldn't swim never been around water never been on a boat or anything take all these people from fucking rural nebraska or calgary you know and you fucking throw them on a ship going across the ocean this isn't like a big like modern day cruise ship like ships weren't that big back then it's like they moved more and people would just literally lose like 15 to 20 pounds going across the ocean just throwing up and trying to live getting across the water
0: and then it's like, all right, now go fight, everybody. <laughs> yeah, right, you know? Well, that's why they a lot so, of memoirs, they'd be like, it was a good crossing or it was a bad crossing. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. way it goes. How much vomit did you have in your thing. fucking... Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> Pretty much. I read about a lot of the, like, original sources, like, reading the people's diaries and stuff like that from there, and they just talk about how, like, everything was covered in vomit. Like, it was just everywhere.
0: Like My favorite World War II uh, troop ship stories, because you get a lot out of all the memoirs, is the second they got on the ship to the second they left, there was a poker game going in the bathroom the whole time. And the reason is because in the bathrooms and the heads, the lights never went off. So like, fuck, literally like two weeks, three weeks. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't matter the amount of time. There's always guys fucking gambling, staying up all night, all the, all the time, fucking gambling in the, in the heads. So that was like, you had to deal with. It was pretty funny. So it happens. right. You know, but, and now it's just fucking trying to survive a flight in a C-17. <laughs> yeah. You know? right, Um, cool but yeah it was just interesting how we all came to like different ideas of what this was trying to rip off and you know it's like just reading some of my quotes here it feels like a hallmark movie it's that dumb it is you know like Mm -hmm. it's got a strange structure but as we talked about it kind of all falls the same kind of token it
2: looks like a made for tv movie yeah yeah Yeah.
0: it's just everything in it feel felt out of place it felt annoying it's like they were trying to make it work but it wasn't working so they were just trying to make it work more um yeah, it's an hour to well, get back to the front after he's wounded. Like, what the fuck.
2: It's but what you said. You know, you said things that it's trying to rip off. I don't know if it's even trying to rip it off, or if it's just like, you know, with war films, it's just so it becomes so formulaic sometimes, and yeah. it's just like Paul Gross when writing this, he you know unconsciously just you know, ripped those things off that have already been done a million times because this this movie when I was watching it like. 45, over an hour through, I was like, this is really old-fashioned. A lot of this stuff. This seems like a movie out of the well, 50s or something. I, yeah. I, I,
3: really cheesy, but with yeah. like modern-day cameras. This is I, all yeah. old stuff. I've yeah. noticed
0: that with some Canadian productions. I'm not trying to rag on anything, but... Taking a jab at the Well, crusts. I've seen...
3: You know what? It's true, though. It's I've seen... It. They I've deserve seen, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, That's why all the good Canadian actors come to America.
0: Well, it's like... Correct. Th- I so, so, I mean, honestly. I, I, I will say this. I think... That the best thing to ever come out of Canada, that can never be beaten as far as television and films and stuff, is Trailer Park Boys. It's just pretty much the yes. fucking. It's internationally
1: and, yeah. and Letter Letter Kenny too. It, letter we'll give it
2: ten
0: give it ten tough. years, but, yeah. it will be. Yeah, I agree, but it, it needs time. But no, it's still listen,
2: good. Canada. I mean, this isn't really talking about mainstream, like you know, memorable, successful stuff. But they they have been a very. Um, active uh country when it comes to an- the development of animation mm-hmm. a lot of stuff with animation and computer graphics like early cgi and stuff like that was canadian uh stuff so they do they do but have where, that. where did that, they all
4: move though well, where did they all move well
2: once they were successful yeah they went. that's down, funny like, you say that because yeah, they the one guy
0: i forget his name but he he did the model for the t-rex he was a canadian guy and he worked at ilm and he was very important Are you talk- uh, i forget his name
2: oh i, I you talking about the CGI t- uh, T-Rex. Yeah.
0: Yep. That guy. The guy that did it. F-
2: what is that guy's name? The guy with the crazy. Yeah. Character.
0: Yeah. He's a pretty crazy individual, but he's a Canadian, and uh, he's kind of cut from that same cloth. That's that's interesting. Yeah.
4: Huh. But yeah, it, 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 it's been it's been like no matter what industry or, or what the fuck you're doing, um, it seems that when you get some sort of success or a good idea, they all move down here, and yeah. then it blows up
3: because yep. there's more there's more money to be made there's more access to stuff easier here in America, and that's kind of the story of Canada you're yep anybody in Canada you become American
2: mm. well yep. I mean yeah I mean th- like there are a ton well, of like great actors who are th- most people don't even know are Canadian yeah but um yeah there there's a there's a lot of them I, mean, I still hear people are shocked when they find out Jim Carrey's Canadian
4: you know it, here's the thing is again, I'll well, harp on it again is I wish especially a fucking Canadian fucking director and writer and producer and act well actors being very liberal <laughs> with that. Yeah. But um dramatic pause. Impressionist. You have this fucking opportunity to tell a story about the Canadians. Yeah. You were given a 20
1: million dollar budget and you made million. this yeah, fucking a... turd. Yeah. Like he could have done so much you. with that money because
3: like <laughs> you could have made everything look so much better. And I mean, like, like I said, most of the acting is okay. The writing is what's terrible, but the, like, yeah. Yeah. Everything the, about like, yeah. and some of the props are pretty good, but like you could have done so much better with the uniforms and so much better with $20 million. Dollars? With twenty, He probably was writing this and been like, I'm going to lose $16 million on this movie. I right, I'm, I'm like,
2: bet you uh, the big chunk of that money went to that 1920s town. So, oh. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. No, that's still just Calgary. It still just looks like that. Oh I, really? I mean Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean the thing the thing is about this, the thing I think the thing that really makes me mad about this film, if it wasn't let's take let's take Paul Gross out of it. It would still be mm-hmm. a really bad film. Mm-hmm. Um The problem is to me and I think it's the it's the it's the narcissism that I see within it. It's like you are a director and you don't trust anyone, or you think that very highly of yourself, that you're the only main actor that can play the main lead of your character. Right. And, and, and you don't think the rest of your film is not going to suffer when you're multitasking like that. Now, maybe he had a, a assistant director, maybe he had all that, but then why are you saying directed by Paul gross? Why are you saying it's a film by Paul gross? No, it's a film by your assistant director. And if it's not that, then you're you're multitasking so much because your ego is so pompous that you think you're the re- you have to be the lead in this thing. And I think that's the problem that I have with his films is that I see things lacking in quality, lacking in everything. And I'm seeing other other actors who are trusting this production or I mean, granted, they're being paid probably well. But the point is, is like I see that and it's like I see no care. I just see pompous attitude. Well, now, was I don't how know Hyena n- n- road I don't
3: I, What? That's how Hy- Hyena Road was too. It's just the same movie, just a different setting.
1: Exactly, and that's and that's I think where I come with this. It's like, look, I don't know Paul Gross obviously.
3: I know he's alive, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Outside looking in, it's very pompous what he's done with both these films. And I think that's what irks me the most is that I see a lack of quality, a lack of finesse, and a lot of egotistical tendencies and narcissism within this. And I think that's what makes me mad. It's like you could hire another actor to play that lead, and you would probably get a lot better performance, and it would be a B Raid film. But because you have an ego, because nothing makes, nothing, no one said, you know what I want? I want Paul Gross to direct and be the lead actor. No one <laughs> of sound mind in a production setting would ever agree to that unless you own the the production and all that stuff, which he pro, which I believe he does. And so I don't know. I just see that maybe he's probably the one of the nicest guys ever, but I think that decision making is horrible and I think it's so narcissistic narcissist I can't say the word. Yeah, we know what you mean. It's 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 no, ego driven, this whole movie production. And the same thing with hyena road. And it's and I think I'll fall back to the quote that my wife said. It's like I feel bad for the for the people who worked on this, for the pro, for the for the props company, for the sets, for all that stuff, who did all this and this movie's the biggest fucking ego jerker I've ever seen in my life. And it, it still resonates the same thing with Tiny the Road, Mike Ego.
2: So it's interesting that you say that about the pompous stuff because the Movie that he did before this that he also wrote and directed and starred in is called Men with Brooms, and uh, it's like a comedy film where he has he's like the the suave like you know uh, uh, main character in it. It's the same kind of thing, and it's like uh, yeah. So I think there is a, a level of that pompous uh, arrogance that we're you know you're talking about uh, when, yeah. it, when it comes to this guy and, and other non-war related projects as well.
1: Yeah, I just, I just don't understand the concept of doing two to three, four roles. I'm going to look at it real quick because I forgot to do that before I, I jumped on tonight. I was going to look up everything that he was a part of this production so I can get that down. So. Well, like, so
4: even, even Quentin Tarantino, he's a, he's a kind of pompous dude himself. He's weird and whatever. He, I mean, he, he's done the work, so, like, whatever. But, like, even he, when he does his cameos, it's like five minutes. A cameo is one thing. Like that's fine. Starring that's totally okay. fine. There, there are
1: hundreds. There are hundreds of films where they had cameos and stuff like that. But it's like it's when you are the lead actor. That's where I have the problem.
0: I, I'll say this. I mean, Tarantino started as an actor before he got into directing. So he actually did go Desperado to. Esperado is school. his best fucking role ever in the world. Uh, I I really <laughs> like him in um oh what is it uh not red or. Reservoir Dogs? No, oh, that's the one where they go to Mexico. No, that's the a... no. You're t- from dusk till dawn. Yes, lawn. I realize. yeah, I think he's great in that. Okay. I think it's a great movie. But you know,
2: again, he did, he didn't. Uh, I don't think he he wrote or directed. He didn't. Robert Rodriguez directed that, but uh, I think he just acted. I don't think he wrote. it. Interesting,
0: huh? But you know, yeah. again, he went to acting school and then he got into directing. So that's his. I mean, Paul Gross looks like he was a TV actor forever, and then hit it big in the '90s, and then on this random TV show, um, and then you know. Decided to make films on the side He still is on TV If you look at his filmography and stuff So uh,
3: Yeah, yeah he's, he's he still has to go out On aud- an audition, I bet He's got to yeah, make right. back Fucking however many millions of dollars For his two movies
0: Dude, apparently he's worth five mil So he's good Like, you know Five mil? Bill? That's his net worth Oh it's only you said five know. bill. I'm like, what? How the if we're gonna, fuck? If it was five mil If it was five bill, The Canadian government would take that back And put it into the search for the submersible But, you know That's right.
5: <laughs>
2: I'm guessing, uh, Paul started out in theater and, uh, you know, kind of TV or TV or something. Yeah. But I mean, I, I could see him coming from like the theater
3: first, you know, that's, you know, he's a theater like, kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he seems like to me anyway. He's that guy that got really, really excited as like, you know, like the, like dealer, no deal. He was one of the people in the background that just like stood by a briefcase, <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: those guys like years later you see a clip on youtube such and such when they were on such and such when they were it's like the
0: brian crankston ads like you know it's like preparation h is the right thing for you like 1978 you know it's like Mm -mm. that guy's gonna make meth (laughs) 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 like fuck (laughs) (laughs) Um, so
1: so he was director and writer and lead actor and he was one of the producers too And he was one of the producers on this. Yep. We should start the producer. Paul gross fan club producer, director, writer, and lead actor. That's four roles. Now, granted he had, he had, he was, he was one of four producers and he was the only writer and the only director there is no
4: co-director there's no assistant director there's no nothing
0: explains a lot that's
4: that could be that could be yeah exactly (laughs) i was just gonna say that brian like that could be why this was such a fucking piece of shit at
1: least again like i said the cinematography by gregory gregory middleton was at least good Mm. there were no bad shots in this film actually there were some questionable shots, not uh, bad shots
2: i like how some of the sets looked and all that stuff um
1: the sets were great. What's yeah. with that German who just explodes from his hip with fire? What the fuck? Uh, yeah, that? when he
2: shoots him in his whole like torso like a Was that like ammo yeah, going yeah. on? That's, that's what, that. what no, I thought what they I were think trying to He hit, to hit a grenade or something. Yeah.
4: What I think that was was flares because they are charged thought, with black too. powder. Yeah. That's what I thought so, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but like other than that, like it's it's like what the fuck are we doing the, here? The only how, how are the – oh, sorry, I Go ahead. Go.
2: I was like, the only thing that I saw was also was like, oh, that's neat. Like they showed all of the carrier pigeons you know uh, like in carts and stuff like that being being pushed around. i remember that the, yeah. The,
1: yeah all all those sets and the props were great yeah i did thought i saw right. like a fucking toyota fucking um <coughs> truck in the back of a cg thing and it turned out it was a hospital
0: truck or whatever a car did make it into lord of the rings so it can't happen every now and then you know
1: <laughs> you fair. shut your mouth we don't talk about that
2: okay. <laughs> we don't talk about those monumental <laughs>
5: yeah.
1: yeah um what um um uh, but no like it it it, it. i liked the i liked the props there was nothing that it wasn't um what was one of the horrible movies that we had with props passion down um, <laughs> yeah, no. Day, yeah no. it wasn't bad hyena no. road was really bad remember the fucking car and
0: oh it blew up it was like oh right <laughs> it's like yeah freeze rain broken car okay sorry <laughs> right 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 all right i forgot
1: about windshield that. no windshield. Yeah. Well, well, shots. Well, the, well they weren't gonna give him 20 million dollars again
2: why yeah so, right. you know yeah i like, like the, um, the cgi yeah. r- artillery uh recoiling
0: there was even no recoil in this because it's funny now that we have like this rolling yeah this rolling no thing of like artillery recoil for all the films to watch so i was like oh uh, did they get it right nope well, nope. None of yeah, the, I looked for that too. None yeah. of
2: none of the rifles I remember doesn't have any recoil. But when the, like I that was those, so bad. the <laughs> guns were going off, they they, they looked CGI to me. They're like they looked like really.
0: Well, I think the muzzle flash, but you didn't fast. see any move of the wheels at all or right? anything. Did okay.
1: anyone? Okay. Did anyone see? Was I right in seeing that the Lewis gun was functioning? Because I that, thought it yeah. was
3: the the pan spins. I don't remember the charging handle going back or
1: yeah me either Seems yeah. I saw it smoke. Or I saw like ones? smoke coming off of it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up. So we're quick.
2: talking about how like you know props and uh, stuff like that like looked good. Devin, was there anything that like looked really terrible to you or was no?
3: I mean, other than the rifles weren't obviously actually like shooting, but like they did yeah. have scenes actually where you like see people running the bolts like ass because they're actors. Um, people would have been better at. By that point in the war at shooting the smelly but like
4: really really quick brian too also Devin, they had the round uh cocky knobs yeah You'd notice noticed that
3: which is something so that, was, that was possible that could happen and so like the rifles are real they're real rifles they're they all are they're different and they they actually work and stuff and like sometimes you do see there's a couple scenes where they actually run it and a empty case falls out it's not just an an empty gun per se but it is but it's like that you actually see brass fall out of the gun which is kinda nice to see, but still no recoil and yada yada this and that. But for the most part it was okay. So
0: Yeah, the recoil was really, really bad. You know, non-existent. And the blanks were super weak. They were oh uh, my god. Oh god, but yeah. there is uh, uh were there were their blanks? I thought they're somewhere no, really there, like dry fire. No, right? they're, those like are like. cheap blanks. Yeah, there was the one scene with, with bad ball play where like they literally go on a shot the guy just like with you know, his gun is totally not charged at all. And he's like this for like five or six seconds. And then he reloads. And I'm like, what the, What the fuck are you doing? Yeah.
1: Like, what? Uh, what is going Brian, on? Brian, Brian, <laughs> Brian, my bolt action is jammed. It only goes, it only doesn't go fully open all no, the it, way. That Brian, was uh, actually a big
3: problem though. And I'm actually glad they addressed that because that's actually a thing that happened a lot. Because we don't know anything about the SMLE. The bolt runs on a rail on the side of the receiver. Yep. And that was a big thing they talked about how you couldn't get the bolt back far enough to chamber a new round because there would be mud mm. packed under that little rail mm-hmm. that the bolt head runs on. It was one of the biggest problems other than getting obviously okay. dirt in your magazine or in your muzzle, because it's a, it's a rear locking lug rifle. So it was really easy to clean the locking lugs out. You could just piss on it or dump water on it because everything's really easy to clean right there. But the big problem, mm-hmm. and it was the same way in world war two with the number four um, you get any sand or anything or any particulate under that rail your bolt doesn't come far enough back
0: I'd say the channel is even worse on the World War II one
1: so it's not the um, it's not the closing it's the opening that's the problem Yeah. Okay. So then Then that makes sense the way he was doing because he kept trying to like open it I'm like it's mm-hmm. open dude why the fuck are you not you gotta get it far enough back to actually feed right. okay. from the magazine okay. but you, you could gotta, always yeah.
3: single load it that was still a thing you could always still right. single load it if you couldn't get your bolt back far enough but like
1: yeah. yeah okay well that's that's cool that at least they address that yeah i got i have a i have an smle and uh i haven't noticed that i'll have to take a look at that mm-hmm. the, yeah, rail. the
4: the smle like like all the models of the smle like the bolts are very anemic mm-hmm. and if you get any sort of debris or anything like it doesn't matter if it's the number four we'll say max number, number one it, mm-hmm. yeah it's like well well it's yeah relatively but like the bolt on an SMLE is very small compared to like a Mauser or a, a Pattern 14 or whatever. It's very tiny and even.
3: lightweight. Mm-hmm.
4: Too. Yep. And so if you get any sort of shit in there on any model, it's like, yeah. it's gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. So, yep.
0: Let's do I it. I think yes, this is the mm-hmm. point where we should go take a look mm-hmm. at the firearms. So head Good. to IMFTV.
3: I hope there's smles in it. It's the one that they
2: left out. <gasps> oh, oh shit! Saying,
3: bitch.
0: A three or a three star. Nice.
4: Star. Very nice. It's a Lithgow though, so it's Australian. It's Australian. Any any
0: uh, district markings or? No, like on the stocker at all.
4: A no, lot of it's the, 1918. I'm uh, numb, numb. I had
0: a Lithgow that I sold to Sean that I I regret to this day. And the stock is covered in fucking markings. And it's a third military district rebuilt Papua New Guinea. And I found this out after I Oof. sold it.
2: I'm like, just go back and
0: break into his house in your uh, cat
2: and suit, I, dude. it.
3: I, yeah. My coolest SMLE I got, it started as an Enfield made in 1909. And it, so it was a true number three. And then they got damaged or mm-hmm. something. And they retrofitted it to a star pattern. And then That's they cool. struck the star out. By putting the like little equal sign over it and reconverted it back to a, a number three after World War One, and they only did that to like two thousand guns, so it's an actual like Enfield all the way through struck, struck Star SMLE, which is funny.
0: Four hundred bucks. My my most original, <laughs> nice. I have a Ishapore nineteen twenty nine, all original brown go. paint, and it's it's beautiful. <laughs> It's like, you know, probably came out of India or, you know, the borders or it's fucking cool. Northwest passage gun, but cool. So we made it.
4: So now that, now that we're on this, they should have just spelled it different. You know, Polly should have been like passion, like the word passion. And, then, and then
0: you can make it into a gay love story. Cause Dale was his lover
4: and so. name the, they yeah, named the main character Dale. It doesn't
2: fucking matter what battle it is. It could be just, it's just world war one.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just going off the fucking. He's going off the coattails and like the recognition right. of people that are going to be like, oh, Passchendaele, like let's let's learn about this Handgun. Guy. Fuck that. Handgun. What a fucking douche. <laughs> uh, Webbley Mark Six.
2: Just I, they just look like you could just beat someone over the
3: head with it and mm-hmm. wouldn't even. Too bad. Top breaks are really Canadians fun. Canadians really didn't to use shoot. Webleys in World War One. Yeah. What did they use? Primarily used well, Smith and Wessons. Yeah, Smith and Wesson. Uh, um, triple locks or hand eject model twos in four fifty five. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh.
2: So nothing about the gear is really that awful here. Uh, Devin? No,
3: they're, they're looking pretty much like how you would expect a Canadian to look at the end, end of world war one. Except
0: the helmet's that's the, is, the wrong color. But
3: that's, you know, you could see British helmets, but you yes. would have seen more. you seen a mix. Canadian. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. That would make something so you, bit, don't, you don't see one. You don't even see one
3: Canadian helmet. That's the problem. It's all British equipment, pretty mm-hmm. much. So, You yeah. don't see the mix of webbing either. You don't see the the 1908 would have been mixed with uh, pattern 14 webbing. It would have been yep. mixed with um, Canadian Oliver pattern, 1916 webbing. The leather webbing. shit, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's all 1908.
4: Hmm,
0: didn't know that here. existed. Yeah, the smelly. Yes. At
2: least they weren't number fours.
0: SMLE. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Not right. like the blue max. have
3: <laughs> seen that before in World War One. There, there he is with his tall yeah, boots. Right? Yeah, right?
4: Yeah, what the fuck
3: were...
0: Yeah. Are those putties?
3: No. Nope. They... It's just socks like flipped over the top.
0: Yeah, yeah you, you mm-hmm. do the socks over the top. That was a common thing in the Second World War too, is some units in armies.
2: Yeah. this was also like you know as i've always dog on movies for doing the hand oh the, the, the so carry and all that shit what what, what the, what's up right it's
3: also what's being it? dumb
0: oh i was just gonna say that he they should have rosses shouldn't they this is a flashback yeah roses. this is oh,
4: i think this no, is yes no, that's, fra- that's the flashback that's Vimy Ridge. this Vimi is the but first like, yeah they they would have had I mean, it, it's plausible. I'm sorry. Devin, you would have like,
3: seen a lot of Rosses still, you don't see yeah. the Ross really get fully replaced from the front lines until 1917.
4: So it's plausible. It's not like impossible, but like, yeah, probably, yeah. but like, it's still. Yeah. Or at least yeah, P 14 know. like we were saying. It
3: is very dull. 1907 bayonet in that shot. You see the rounded tip over on it. Right there. Oh yeah. It's gotta
0: be, that yeah, has gotta be a uh, 16 inch right there. That's not a 17. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's cause he's used it so much. How it's, it's, many foreheads dull. has
1: he punctured at this point? That's, that's his thing. He gets him in the dull the tip. Uh, yeah, that's his. That's his calling card. He punches. <laughs> he, punks, he 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 can't opens their forehead. He's very lucky that
4: Kraut was very malnourished.
2: The Germans come by. Gross yeah. was here. Yeah, he's lucky.
0: They cut out the line where he asked him if he wanted something for <laughs> in his skull. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> oh see yes.
3: this is a cool feature that a lot of people probably it's you can see it in the stills but you can tell this is a very very early SMLE that guy has because it still has the the milled outside of um, yep. the rear front uh rear side protector mm. they mm. stopped doing mm. that after like two years so but they that, started making is the SML right here huh
1: is that is that is it this part
0: right here? that kind person. of little like horn that sticks up next yeah, to the bulldog. yeah the bulldog front end, yeah, you see how it's milled. Right. And it also,
4: like the rear, the rear, um, of the rear of the stock, like right below the uh, bolt on the right side, is um, cut out for the magazine for the uh,
3: magazine yep. cut off, yeah, which so, is good.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, That's cool. Yeah, I have a sp- I have a number one Mark Star, um, pre it's got fucking all the early SME features like uh, volley yep. sights and everything, and it's fucking.
3: This is good. That's another one. So they didn't all have round cocking pieces. This is the slab side cocking piece. They would have started in 1916. Yep.
0: So, okay, interesting. Do those come out with a star? For like a quicker manufacturing? Um, You can see them on
3: both. It's just something that's easier to manufacture, but you can see it on Mark 3s and star patterns. It just would have depended on when the parts got there and who was making them and um, when Mm -hmm. they got the different machinery to do it. Because there were some manufacturers that made round cocking pieces through the whole war. And there were some that switched very, very quickly to the slab side one that would become the standard Mm -hmm. 1916s when you see the standardization on the the slab side, though, officially like in paperwork. Um, So like every if your gun would go back to arsenal, if they didn't have other guns to scavenge parts off, a new made part would have all been slab side after 1916.
4: Yep.
0: Hmm. Are there any good books to get on the SMLE? Oh, there's because I'm there's a, lot a lot of about
3: good stuff on the SMLE out there. And the best part is it's all in English, which is, you know, you don't find on a lot yeah. of guns. It's mm-hmm. a very easy gun to do research on. And there's so many good internet resources and videos out there um, mm-hmm. on everything. Like Othias and CN Arsenal will basically tell you everything you need to know about yeah. the SMLE, even the pre number one Mark threes all the way back to like the number one Mark ones and the number one Mark twos, the Navy yep. guns yeah. like, before the army actually adopted them even because the smelly good predates a lot of stuff. 1902 is when it was adopted, but you don't see the yeah, standardization well, on the number one Mark three until 1908.
0: Yep. Well, my, my 1906 spark mm-hmm. with the floating charger bridges, like falls right into that crazy category, yep. you know? Um sorry tangent but very interesting. I got to look at my guns again.
1: Yeah, I got to pull mine out after yep. we have been talking about this because I I've been like <sighs> I, I think I haven't seen mine in like 3 years since I oiled it and put it in a sock and I haven't been able to shoot it in a while. So
4: yeah, yeah the, the, Mar- the seven Mark the Se- marks I, yeah. I actually did pick that up, Devin, because of what you mm-hmm. we, we have talked about when we were hanging out and shit. That is a Mark 7 cartridge and it's not mm-hmm. a Mark 6. And it's it, right they were using s- they weren't using Spitzer bullets, oh,
0: so Mark, Mark
3: Six yeah. is our round nose, and the Canadians would have entered the war with round nose Mark Six ammunition. That's what they had in stock. Um, mm-hmm. So the Rosses were all cut for Spitzer ammo, and that's what they would have used in competition and stuff like that. But like as they got through all their new made Spitzer ammo, they would have to drag up older ammunition, and they used a lot of Mark Six ammo for basically all of 1915. Most of the field ammo was Mark Six, um, and then they would have switched to British Mark Seven ammo, which is good. And the cool thing about Mark 7 ammo and the difference between Mark 7 and Mark 8 ammo is the Cupro nickel jacket on the bullet rather than copper, which is something you would see with like Mark 8 ammo, which a lot of movies get wrong because you just see the copper tip bullets, which is World War II ammo. So
0: I I am getting so schooled in three or three right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> how do you think Uh, i feel i
4: i fucking i've been with uh, this guy in real life and he's just telling me all this shit and i'm like like, the smle is it's very very my favorite very interesting i have 11 of them so yeah yeah um uh, i have a question
1: for you about an smle real quick is that um actually it wouldn't an smle it'd be a a mark four it was completely scrubbed i think is that a re-arsenal or is that Um, like, like it has no crown no nothing it's completely gone
3: it's a really late one probably it's a Fazakerly build cuz um after um so when they stopped producing SMLEs um, number 4s mm-hmm. it would have been um before they actually adopted the SLR you know the FAL um yeah. they would have they would have stopped about 1954 um but Fazakerly, uh would get all of the parts from all of the other factories and continue to assemble number 4s just from parts and oftentimes hmm. you just see some electro pencil on the side of the receiver you usually mm-hmm. don't see any other markings cuz they would have all had different stamps and different markings from like E's from Enfield parts you know and like stuff like that all or right. you know LSA from London Small Arms Company and they would have right. just assembled them still from remaining parts and they would have done that until I think it was a 58 so for wow. about 4 years they just made number 4s from force fitting parts um oh. at Fazakerly so
1: okay yeah there's an L there's an L that survives on the lower part of the receiver and that's about it. Okay. And I don't and I don't know why and I have been trying to find I am gonna have to send you some pictures. Oh uh, yeah. I'm pretty much I, guaranteeing
3: yeah. it's a Zachary probably fifty spilled gun. So.
1: Okay. I, I assumed it was either post war or or with yeah. scrub for India, but I wasn't too sure. And I couldn't find anything to support that. So no, but um, just on the left side of the receiver, of those... you'll
3: see a lot of the physically made guns. They are in the mm-hmm. L serial number bracket. So that okay. I'm pretty much hundred percent sure For it's sure a that physically uh, parts-assembled gun.
1: Okay, I'll, and then I'll have to send you would... pictures of
0: my uh, 1916.
1: Um, so yeah, would
0: that would that fall into the 1950s like blonde stock? Era of the number four is like the really the last one. It can be both. Um,
3: you can get walnut stock ones made that late, and you can get beechwood stock ones made that late because they would have just got all the stocks as well.
0: Yeah, because I know that like the people go holy grail over like the still in the wrap. Like I think RAF contract the, the really, mommy Wrap really ones. Yeah, yeah, the fifty-five or fifty, whatever it was, ones mm-hmm. that you see, and they had like the, the blonde stock, the number
3: shit, right? the number four Mark twos,
0: because they yeah. have the
3: actual yeah. receiver mm-hmm. hung trigger rather than the. Um, trigger guard hung receiver, which was a big problem with why the, the trigger is so bad on SMLEs is because they're all hanging off the the trigger guard rather than being a part of the receiver. And it mm. really fucks with the harmonics. So that was one thing they really wanted mm. to do. Like with the pattern 14 has it, that was a big problem. They saw with the harmonics of the SMLE was, and they fixed it with the pattern 14, but it took them until 1952 to start actually receiver mounting the trigger on the SMLEs. So
0: yeah. Wow to literally post-Korean mm-hmm. war. Pretty we fixed much, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, now here's this foul. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, is that one? Yep. Yeah. How's the trigger it's... on it feel compared to another one?
3: It's just a little more responsive. I don't feel much of a difference, but it's a little more responsive. Oh, I hear click.
0: Yeah. Cuz an assembly is kind of let's go, like whenever well, it wants a to. A lot and especially how worn they are. And it's a stuff, two-stage
3: but... trigger, but it's it's still got mm-hmm. some. It's like crisp, but there's a lot of take mm-hmm. up with it because it has that tr- transfer. Yeah, it's still that it's, big.
4: Yeah, it's um. So yeah. I would say my uh my number four Mark One Star, my uh, Long Branch Canadian one. Um, it's it's more spongy mm-hmm. in the in the actual pull. Once yeah. you get past the, the first stage, yeah, this one yep. is a mm-hmm. lot more. Um, I could hear it, so yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more crisp, yeah. Like Devin mm-hmm. was saying, so mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Huh? I'm getting fu- well, fuck the movie. I'm getting <laughs> sk- fucking schooled on you know SMLEs and shit. So dude, he's getting he's he's getting the hard on right now. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> do you have um? Do you have a uh, do you have the um? Brian, what's the what's the sniper Lee Enfield version? Oh, like the Model the T? T.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm making a T yeah, clone do you right have, now, yeah. do you have so. Do you have a T?
3: Um, the only thing that I have that was a sniper rifle at one point was I have my Pattern 14 started mm-hmm. as a Winchester Model T, um, but it went through the weed repair standard before World War II. Um, you could tell it was a sniper because they would have brazed the scope mounts on, and mm-hmm. they just ground all the brazing off. Um, but, like, they would have put the Winchester is normally marked right on the top of the receiver. Um, so they forgot go that when they made the sniper rifles and they just put a receiver um, on the side of the receiver so it didn't get covered up by the scope mount, just the serial number. So it has the W and then the serial number on my Pattern 14, wow. which is how you know it was factory destined to be a sniper rifle a sniper, and it was right. probably right. assembled into one right at the end of World War One and then de-sniperized W-W. in the right. weed repair standard after World War One. So, wow. Unfortunately,
0: I really want that gun. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, I just bought it as like a generic
3: gear. pattern 14. And then yeah. I was like fucking looking at it. I'm like, holy shit. This is a pattern 14 T that just doesn't have the scope on
0: it. It's like that. That's, that's cool. Yeah. We had we had Brandon Rao Brian. on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Sorry, Brian. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he has a sniping accurizing business and stuff. And he works on like candy eights. He fucking bought like two high turrets that had the turrets taken off around Gunbroker as candy with holes in the receiver. Yeah. And he looked at the pattern, and he was like, uh, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Like, they're out there, you know? It's, it's amazing. You just have to be in the right place at the right time.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Back to the Lewis gun. Uh, which is still Yoke a dream gun. Yeah. Uh, someone someone reach out to me.
3: That gun's in Star Wars.
1: Somebody's
2: been ruined because of Star Wars. It's a
1: blaster. I
2: know, um, right? So there's, there's a... Part where you can see like into the barrel and I'm wondering if it's uh if it's a right there yeah if it's some so that's
1: <coughs> so that's normal yep, yeah. that's the normal concept design yeah so that 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 shield is literally like the same thing, like a like an air cool thirty cal is in that. No, system. I know. I, was just,
2: I, I just, I've it never just noticed it if you
3: could actually like like thing. Yeah. see that far into it. You know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the yeah. barrel's only a like an inch or two back from okay. the muzzle of the shroud. Yeah. Doesn't
1: it? It doesn't reciprocate. Does the barrel actually reciprocate or? Is no, it the barrel
3: doesn't reciprocate. It's
1: just that's what I thought. Yeah, the barrel
3: has all those fins coming off of it, and then mm-hmm. the jacket just keeps the fins from getting all dinged up, basically. So.
1: Covid, Covid. When Covid hit really hard, there was an auction here locally that they were going to do all in person, but then when everything got locked down, people were like, re- like retrofitting like online auctions really fast, and not there were a lot of people who were attendants, and I just didn't have the money. There was a kit that was torched to fucking hell, but man, I should have bought it. It only went for like six hundred bucks. Yeah, that's and I deal. just couldn't do it at the time because you know all my work got canceled. It was like yep. fuck.
3: Ah <laughs> uh, yes, the Vickers Mark One. Sitting there.
4: Yep, it's a
3: recruiting tool.
0: Fighting the Check godless Hun. Thing.
1: I do like right. that propaganda poster though, right there. <laughs> that...
2: Fight the godless Hun. Yeah, there was yeah. one that said like like wear khaki or something. Like where's your khaki?
4: again. It's like what the fuck? You you had so many things that were good about this, like the details, mm-hmm. and you fucked it.
3: Like that guy in his tartan suit walking into the tent on the left side of the screen, there, in case anyone missed that. (laughs) Very Canadian there.
0: (laughs) Hey. I'm a snake oil salesman from Calgary. Boom, boom, boom.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very. 18 pounds. Interesting looking guns.
1: I did like I did like pounders. the way they
0: showed them lo- like they
1: loaded it, they moved it, they engaged with it. It was cool. But then the gun doesn't fucking move, which okay. Cuz it know. was
2: a I, I think there were a CGI mm-hmm. muzzle coming flash thing coming out of them.
1: Mm-hmm. That or it was like cannon, you know what I mean? Like you just shoot the charge and nothing. Mm-hmm. Just nothing throw some gunpowder
2: in it. The Mills bomb, yeah. Spam,
1: yeah. <coughs> what why were these called bombs?
0: Okay, so <laughs> there was different models yeah, of them too, and everything. Yeah, right there's two now. There primary
3: a... versions used in in World War One. Um, there's the really, really early mm-hmm. ones, which you only see um, for about the first year for, for basically 1915.
0: And um, do they have like a pre- like you have to hit them on something or something? I don't. They had different. Yeah, views and they they
3: just weren't reliable, so wrong. they went to the the standard kind mm-hmm. of arrangement of a spring and you know.
4: He's got a grenade. Ah, oh, yes,
3: the broom handle.
0: <laughs> the most German gun in World War 1 besides the Luger. It's
3: pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty cool.
0: Deutscher? Deutscher. Like pow, pow, pow. I'm going <laughs> to shoot I'm off mean, your leg.
3: Look at that shitty Chinese. The right. guy on the left has shitty Chinese reproduction. Helmet. 1960s <laughs> helmet. <on it>. Oh. <laughs> As you can see yeah, like, right? The, for the sergeant who has the most screen time. His probably isn't real, but it's better. But you can see the transition from the skirt to the dome. You yeah. don't see those. Um, <laughs> There's
0: literally a line. Yeah. The the fact that it's no, wet yeah. is not it's helping it out uh, as well either. It's you know? too
3: small for his head. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I will say this, though. It's better yeah. than a duck bill. Well, I, I, so you not saw a number much, of Germans also just wearing but... their
2: field caps, not even their helmets.
3: The Mauser Model yeah. 1938? I'm going uh, yep. to ask.
0: Wait, you go up. Go up. What? Look at that helmet, though, Birch. Oh, they're horse shit.
5: I'm
1: absolute <laughs> fucking. And also, okay. Mike's back, by the way. <laughs>
4: no, that helmet right. on the left is absolutely fucking. These helmets were atrocious. And, like, uh-huh. if you. Is there any more pictures of, like, close ups of, like, these helmets? Uh, well, the, I'm sure. Not I'm really. Sure they're we're kind of.
1: We're about to do all the German hel- Germans fi- us yeah. firearms. You could right probably now, see so some of them see in, see more. The, in the. Rifle section. Yeah, so a C
4: ninety six. Yeah, it's fine, but like again, this officer. Well, actually, he's not an officer. He's not wearing any Sorry. fucking insignia. Um, he's not going to be shooting a fucking C ninety six during an assault. That's a last resort thing. A yeah. sidearm. Jesus fucking Christ! I hate this shit in film. It's
2: because they got uh, a C ninety six, so they wanted to show it.
4: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is tonsil. <laughs> Yeah, again, okay, okay, yeah, I was gonna comment on this. Turkish, they use mm-hmm. model 38, lazy as There's fuck. These helmets are all sh- like extremely shitty. That one is, mm-hmm. dude, the one in the middle is a duck bill, and the one, look at the one on the left. Dude, these are these shitty fucking indian chinese. repro's that were coming out no and chinese what about
1: the right yeah. what about the right the it's right a right shitty repro than the left. if you look yeah, uh, it looks better but it looks better than this one. no it
2: doesn't closely, if you look the closely same. at the one in the center you can see the light source that they're using uh on the left side of exactly helmet. yeah right yes there. oh yeah and <laughs> yeah, so because the yeah. one on the right dude
4: zoom in again the one on the right Is there, it's missing i, I was change, just gonna say it? that yeah. yes so it's missing oh, that boy. the fucking shape is There's completely no fucking out. None wrong. of them are
3: using chin straps. Well,
4: and we're going to get into the chin strap shit that you see on, on camera. Also, Turkish M38, not good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is a huge gripe that I fucking had. They didn't even fucking try with the German For uniforms. The Germans,
2: yeah. Is he wearing, uh, what's he wearing? What's, is those, is those Y straps? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yep. No. <laughs> We all know how Yeah, not good in World War right 1. There. No.
2: Yeah. yeah. those are World War II
0: y straps.
4: No, they're they're go up. They're they're No, they're just fake.
0: Yeah. They're just there's, leather there's straps. There's no D loops, so they're not World War 2. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I was like what the fuck are you And then also you Okay, this is late 1917, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There is no fucking brass in the German and, army.
2: Yeah. At oh, this point. Like, yeah, right there.
4: And the guy but behind painted him,
3: steel, yeah,
4: yeah. There was an order that came in in early 1915 that said yeah, you will Germans fucking like darken all of all your leather. You will fucking paint your buttons. Anything brass needs to be painted with what? Yeah, again, Y straps yeah, and the, the fucking helmets, dude. Again, these helmets are completely fucking. They're plastic. Yeah, they have to be because the shape is not even close to an original Stahlhelm. Not even close. The one on the right looks like it dips in. They both... Dude, they both dip in. You see? like it, it's Yeah, but like, like, look, at, look at both of them. They both dip in. Anyway, these, yeah. These are,
2: these are separate machine guns because they're different people in, in both ones. Yep.
4: Mm-hmm. Also, Vinny Ridge was early 16, right, Devin?
1: Something like it's that, a, yeah. Mike A., it's the same machine gun. It's just the left side yeah, on it was the just right the guy, side.
3: Oh, okay, never mind. And all so, their helmets are way too small for them.
4: Yeah. So Devin, in, in at Vimy Ridge, do you know this? Like, if you don't know it, it's fine. But like, were the Germans wearing Stahlhelme at that point, or were they yeah. still wear? they were. There, there would have been some. Okay. Okay. I was just. One. Okay. So the guy. Well, no, it's leather. Never mind. Don't. I, I'm. I'm done. I don't. Because yeah. I can sit there and ramble about this shit for hours about like mm-hmm. the German. Why? Word. Why is it? So I. I, I thought. That? I thought it was a bread bag strap. Nate, we're running out of not air here. Yeah. Let's move on. I <laughs> thought it was a bread bag strap, but it's a leather <laughs> we're running strap. Out air. Yeah, not good. So the Krupp, uh 10.5 centimeter. That looks
2: like a CGI shot.
4: Leica, Hasselblad 16. Yeah. That was next to uh the Canadian cross. I did like d- I, I did Christ. like this. Okay, so they had the Minenwerfer, right? Yep. They didn't portray it correctly, but like the fact that it was actually there and used quite a bit. And it was a fucking bitch. That thing was a nasty, very dangerous, nasty, very heavy
3: trench border.
4: Yep. And uh, it inflicted a lot of casualties. And then with a nine point. Hmm. Huh? I actually have no idea what the fuck this thing is.
0: The Soviets had a version of that in the second world war that shot glass balls Mm -hmm. and exploded.
2: Oh, damn. That would be fucking hell.
4: Shit, yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. perplexed by this one. So yeah, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So, all
2: done. Well, so, someone who set up the, who, you know, who dressed the set, brought that as a cool set piece. Yep. Yeah, I
3: got right. this
0: hunk like of iron in my garage. Strong kind of guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: Put it
2: out on the battlefield.
0: Found in the fields of Calgary. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Well, I think that it is now time to decide what this movie is. <laughs> And what it's a piece of fucking had. shit. That's what it is. And it
4: had so much fucking potential.
3: <laughs> yeah, twenty million dollars worth. Yeah, yeah,
4: dude. <laughs> if, you, if you gave our retarded asses twenty million dollars mm-hmm. to make a movie about Pas- the Battle of Passchendaele, Become I brave. guarantee you all I the guarantee... fucking
1: filthy bunker sex we could ever get. Yeah, that's house. right. Are
0: you... Somewhere. Somewhere in the fields of north somewhere in the nords of of ah what the fuck am i saying somewhere in the fields of northern france there was some thirsty canadian nurse looking for that mud dick so <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right oh my god
0: oh saying you know anyway
1: look Devin, open this up like she did in the bunker okay let's oh, knock, this, knock this out
4: plunge okay. into that bitch
1: yeah let's plunge into this let's plunge into the deep end here sprints <laughs> like mayo
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: it's like a bulldog that just got done Red. eating mayonnaise yeah <laughs> oh <good>. god gross <laughs> just like paul i'm bringing devin <laughs> devin, right. devin 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 everybody else <laughs> plunge 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 like okay. the ocean view yeah. titanic
1: sinking All right, right I'm now plunge. i'm gonna you
0: got 12 i'm gonna five hundred feet let's I'm go i
1: jump into the
0: billionaire pillbox
1: let's go let start
0: vomiting to come up
1: i'll plunge 17
3: inches of steel into the child's forehead of this movie <laughs> I don't um,
0: know. that looks about 16 and three quarters point two. please this this round into box. the okay. child's
3: forehead that is this movie um it's pretty awful overall don't watch it child's it's,
1: forehead that yeah. is
3: this, movie. this is this is terrible i it's you're not missing much by not watching it you could watch any any other stupid c-list war movie and it's the same thing just replace the uniforms, but like replace the uniforms with actual canadian ones um and you'll you'll have this movie and it'll be fine it'll be better because it'll have actual canadian uniforms but uh it's just it's overall it's not worth it to watch like i was telling them i'm the only one that actually owns this movie uh, i have it on blu-ray and it had a one dollar sticker on it and i had never taken the plastic off of it um before before needing to watch it again as a refresher for this podcast do you, so. do you even remember how you obtained that no
0: <laughs> do you want to forget how you i obtained mean it? i'm
3: probably gonna get rid of it honestly after this at some
1: point
0: because <laughs> it's just a waste
3: garbage. of
1: space but didn't didn't you say
3: you... we should raffle it off <laughs> to an
0: unlucky winner of the podcast <laughs> didn't you say
1: didn't you say you have hyena road too i do have hyena road as well yeah
3: he's yeah. got the whole gross I collection the, gross I do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right I just gotta get the man with brooms one now and we're <laughs> so but um, it's just not a great movie it's, it's not like,
0: worth it to watch not, not to keep bringing it up but there's like this guy called the titanic guy and he, he has all the titanic VHS's like we should do that with this let's buy all the passenger <laughs> DVDs, DVDs that that exist, and, and then yeah. like like let's shoot them into the sun <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> let's send them to the Challenger of deep that's right let's do something productive you know
3: add them to the uh plastic continent think the of Pacific Ocean. build a house think <laughs> of all the pollution
0: that we'd be saving <laughs> i call it the yeah. passion house yeah. <laughs> use them as insulation we'll make it we'll make a giant love hotel out of it. but, um, <laughs> it's all one War one themed this is the mud room but, uh, <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> so what's your rating, Kevin?
3: Negative 16 million. Because that's how much he lost on the
1: movie.
0: He has to he has to do math. <laughs>
3: so,
1: so. Brian has to add that up. <laughs> so so what would that be? What would that be realistically one
3: i I'm 10? gonna convert that to a zero yeah. or a realistically I'd give it like a two. I mean if you have nothing better to, if you've watched every other terrible movie and you just haven't seen this one yet and you have two hours to kill. There you go. It gets a two because that's how much hours of your life you're going
1: to lose watching this. It's free on YouTube. It's it's uh, it's labeled under but Passion Passiondale documentary. Uh-huh. If you want to watch it on YouTube, that's what's on there.
0: Um, so that Gross doesn't find it and get rid of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: on Amazon for free. Correct. I,
2: I watched so. it on YouTube for free. It was just like a. I watched
1: free. it. On, I watched it on Amazon. It's got it's got I, four and a half stars on Amazon. With 25 reviews So they all were from the cast Of fucking Passchendaele probably <laughs> Because no fucking real true person Would fucking rate that five stars
0: So who do you Who do you pass the battle of Passchendaele to?
1: Let's go to Nate You want me to hate fuck this?
0: I, I do okay. As long as you it do just,
3: it as, as quickly And concisely as Paul Gross can, did in it, the it, On a rickety table it, in
1: the rain I can finish as fast as Paul Gross in the bunker There yeah. we go <laughs> there so um so this movie is a piece of shit because the first movie we did with hyena road i believe i said it's a piece of shit too (laughs) and that's all i said for my ending quote um this is a terrible fucking movie it's awful it really truly is personally i'd rather watch i think our worst rated one which is stalingrad 2013 than this uh Um, yeah i would i would i mean it's as even bad, too. But, I mean, I... Here's the thing. I was viscerally angry with Hyena Road. This I was just annoyed because it's already hurt me once before. So I just knew what to expect. Um, it saddens me, but there is an effort. And I see it from everyone else who is not Paul Gross. So, because of that, this movie is a hunk of shit. And no one should ever fucking watch it ever to give Paul Gross any more fucking money in his life, because he's negative sixteen million. He's negative sixteen million dollars, so don't give him anything. He needs to recoup it. And uh, I'm gonna give this a three out of ten, only because it had really good sets, really good extras in the back, had really cool, uh, you know, details that you don't normally see in a very high budget. Um, World War One films. And I think for that reason alone, it's a three at 10 screen Mill Gibson's. So that's where I end it. And I finished about the time Paul Gross did. So Brian, go for it.
0: Wow, you're gonna give me the hot potato. Yeah. Oh god. Um
1: <laughs> Look, I could rant even more about everything I fucking hate about this, but I don't want to bore it's people. Not it's not worth no, the no, effort. Because no, no, hate fuck, hate I fucking mean, even gets boring it, after uh, while you're hate fucking, so it's fine, you know.
0: Well, it's like there's not a lot that I can add because we've really gone over it all. I mean um yeah, I, I mean he is the Canadian Tommy Wiseau. Oh, <laughs>
2: well, that's that's you know, really in a lot really of
5: ways. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh hi Paul. So is,
2: yeah. So is the I movie mean, that's, yeah. that's really know, it's like, uh, <laughs> but is is it
1: wrong? Well, I mean, no. There he he's no not as, no it's not. He's
2: not as a mysterious weirdo as Tommy Wiseau. No, he's well, just an arrogant. The, the thing prick. Yeah, yeah. So he's more like <laughs> the, the he's thing, more like a lot of other directors. The, but okay, da, 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 da. so whatever.
0: Sorry, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> like, Tommy, Tommy Wiseau has that mystique about him, which makes him like, "What the fuck is going on?" This guy, like Nate said is just an egotistical yeah. asshole. He's like trying to write himself like, into every it's movie. It's like someone
1: who jerks himself you off know. in front of a fucking mirror.
0: You know, it's just like that. That's what I see
1: in Paul Gross. He stands in front of a fucking mirror and jerks himself off and enjoys Probably. it. And that's the, that's that's everything I see. Onto
2: a music. onto a Canadian flag. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tattooed in the middle of his chest, a giant yeah. maple leaf. Which,
3: by the way, you also never see one in the movie, probably because he doesn't actually know what the World War
1: is supposed to look like.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's... Uh, I would have inside my tits, though. You know. No, but, no, your uh, neck—that's
1: where all the tattoos go, Brian.
0: And also, Brian, you don't yeah, yeah. have tits. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Oh, sorry, not compared. To yeah, you, I know. You know. That's what I'm You'd saying. probably have.
2: I would have loved it if in this movie I could just they showed a.
0: He got more tits than the fucking nurse in this movie, dude. <laughs> if they showed
2: like a, a wacky... Oh, man. Wait, what'd you just
3: say? <laughs> more t- Mike has more tits than the <laughs> nurse in this movie. <laughs> yeah, ma- that was a flat chest. That was a flat chest. <laughs>
2: Mike's tits Can are... I just say I was a little <laughs> yeah, stunned could... when I saw that? I didn't know the movie was going to include nudity. I was like, oh, tits, yeah, okay. we had tits in there. I was surprised yeah, too, like, you know. Hmm, yeah. This
0: did not seem like it was going that route, but okay. Paul uh, Gross is yeah. gross. Uh, B-Cup. Yeah. You know, it goes, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's just, um, it was really hard to watch. And I mean, honestly, and I don't want to get on a tangent here, but it's just really sad that there's no good films about the Canadian military. I mean, there's maybe right. one or two we we've get to watch the storm, the storming Juno, which I've heard is interesting. I haven't seen it. That's about, you know, Canadian storming Juno beach. But it's just, I don't know, it's annoying. Can I mean, we have Devin on for a movie that doesn't suck ass? <laughs>
4: no.
1: Because I'd, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love to like go more in depth into all the shit we learned,
0: you know? Want to come on Downfall? Or we could do another Commonwealth film. You could do like Dunkirk or something. That'd be we cool. could do something yeah, like so. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anything in the Commonwealth world. But um, no, it's really, it's, it pisses me off because again, there should be, in my opinion, there should be a good movie about everyone's nation. You know, it doesn't matter the war, but at least one good one. And there's not a good one for Canadians. There's about 35,000 Finnish war movies that are amazing, you know, and then there's none about Canada. And like you had said, you know, earlier, Devin, it's the second biggest country in the world. Yeah. And you have this fucking, you know, nothing, no representation at all. What you have is this fucking horrible piece of shit that's made by an egotistical fuck who's trying to prop himself up and basically stand on these guys It's a whole country that's
3: never been attacked by anybody in the whole world like formally but uh, still manages to fight like every conflict
4: we attacked you yeah
3: and we burned the white house down so deal with it (laughs)
4: fair
3: (laughs) and threw a rager on the front yard with everyone from washington dc and everyone had a great time and then we all shook hands and went home so.
0: It's like a dude in the background riding off on a horse with the Constitution and like everything else.
4: <laughs> I, I just want—I just wanted to make sure that that was that was noted because
0: yeah, yeah.
3: But like, there's there hasn't really been in modern times a, a whole Canada's been participating in every single conflict the United States has participated in at, since the Revolution, you know, and they have answered the call to so many giant world conflicts without even being attacked. A lot of people don't even know this. They declared war on the Japanese before the Americans did, and they weren't even attacked. And they step up to the plate every time, and they lose a huge portion of their young adult male population at every conflict, and they get nothing to show for it.
0: And even the Vietnam War, there were Canadians that went to America to serve mm-hmm. you know, and fight over there. And they, so they also Canadians helped the NBA, that, but we mm-hmm. don't talk about that. I didn't know about that. They, they were kind of like Walton. Sweden, where they were like... America's
3: just well, bullying pick,
0: an underdeveloped I, I, Asian country. So. I, I I want to pick that up another time. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, hmm. but um, no, I mean it really makes me mad in a way because it's like again there should be one good film about countries servicemen, mm-hmm. you know, and there isn't one for Canada, and it's just it's sad. And um, yeah, no, Paul Gross should feel bad for what he made. He made this convoluted, stupid, fucking movie about nothing. That's about a love story in Calgary. And just. Yeah, like what the fuck? You know, j- just make fucking, you know, I don't know, broke back Calgary, put Pretty it back much. 40 years, make it 1880s. Like, there's no reason to make the set during the First World War or mention Passchendaele. Like, all you're, you're bringing these guys into this for clout, mm-hmm. and it's just fuck you. It's because it's funded so, by the Alberta I mean, government something society, which is in the beginning, and the cattle something of something in the beginning of the fucking oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, never got to, you got to get your funding somehow, yeah. but I mean, just. That being said, and everything, I mean, I don't know. It just it really pisses me off that there's not a good Canadian film, and that the one guy that promotes himself to do it is a piece of shit. So, um, that being said, I'm gonna give this a one out of ten. Is this fucking horrible? Don't watch it. Don't waste your fucking time. Watch a documentary. If you want to get fucked up and like have a drinking game to this, like wherever they, you know, I want to put some foreign object into you drink. Like that'd be great. This is a great drinking game movie. I'll say that. But if you want to get any kind of like enjoyment. Or relaxation, historical context, or pleasure, or anything yeah, out of this—you won't get it. Yeah, yeah. It's the wrong fucking yeah. place. You know, you'll just get mad. Um, and if you're drinking, you'll just get blackout. So you know, it, it's it's a it's not even a movie. It's a thing. So <laughs> that's
2: the pull quote on the DVD. I don't know, <laughs> it's not even a movie.
0: It's a thing. Yeah. It's not like, even a movie. It's a thing. It's 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 people talking in rooms. You know, that apparently can fucking teleport all the way across an ocean in like 20 minutes. You know, so point let clear, me tell you, you what the
1: clear. sticky wicket is there, Brian. OK, we have to make <laughs> yeah, you sound you know. British. So sticky wicket.
2: Yeah, I, I was, you know, extraordinarily bored uh, <laughs> in this movie. And, um, you know, it's interesting when it comes to stuff like this. Um, I'm when I see a movie, this movie particularly, I say something which you should never say about historical events, which is why the fuck should I care? You know, and that's when I watch this, I'm like, why should I even give a shit about anything that's happening? And um, so, yeah, it just begs the question as to why this was made, you know, to call Passion Passchendaele set in Passchendaele towards the end, I guess. And it's not even remotely about it. Like I say, it could just be any fucking battle. It's just like if you would just cut to there and it just says the trenches of of France, I'd be like, OK, whatever, you know. Attack of the uh, yeah. Clones. Yeah, it's like it just it's just <laughs> World War One battle. It doesn't even have anything too extraordinarily unique about it that would tell the story of the real Passchendaele, uh, the real bat, the real battle. Um, so that sucks. And yeah, like ninety percent of the movie is just about dumb shit. I don't care about this stupid love story. Um, and I'm not. I'm not a person who hates love stories, but you know, like a lot of war movies, there are just there are many that are so goddamn formulaic and cliche. And that's what this was like, you know, right. The second he sees her face, I'm just like, I know where this is going. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And um, so and eventually, like, I just had it on my my uh, second screen playing and I was just starting to do other things because I, I was just so goddamn bored. Um, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what Paul Gross's deal is, other than trying to promote himself as you know being this art auteur uh, filmmaker who uh, you know is this this Canadian patriot. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna give it a uh, two out of ten as well. I don't ever want to see it again. And
1: that that I like, like how
0: <laughs> until we strap you in a chair like Quark <laughs> ah, <Gorms>.
1: I can't. It is. <laughs> it's. I, just, it's I can't <laughs> yeah. believe Midway has a lower score in this. Then you gave what you just gave this. I'm okay. Do you shocked. want me to give it a lower?
4: No, no, no. no. What's you, you no, your score? No, you can't. Go you've already said it. Or higher. You've
1: already revisionist history. You've already no. said it. I'm not I'm trying to make you check. Okay. I'm just, I'm just shocked that you think you know fucking um, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah brothers actor gets more worse fucking or yeah Jonas thank you Jonah Jonas Jonas the, the whale, whale. yeah yeah, jo- yeah. Jo- Jonas the whale yeah the Jonas Brothers actor gets a gets a worse rating than fucking
2: Paul I think it's Rose. just because that movie just made me for some reason more angry this one so was just kind of like I knew what I was getting <laughs> going to you know yeah. No. I, I agree I agree I
4: agree you know there's a lot of things that I liked that he didn't do because he's probably too stupid to fucking realize it and he didn't want to spend the money because he wanted it all for himself there was no gas attacks. Okay. And that's something that's a trope with every fucking world war one film basically ever, right? Gas attacks. And at this point it was being used. They mentioned it. He goes, yeah, we use gas too. I did respect the fact that he did not put that shit in there. Okay. Besides that. Um, yeah, it was a fucking steaming hunk of shit.
5: (laughs) the
4: only thing to say
2: about it.
4: (laughs) No, seriously. Like that, that honestly speaking is like that. I appreciated the fact that he didn't like put a giant, like dramatic gas attack in the entire film. Like, cause like you guys, we we've watched a lot of world war one films. We've seen a lot of these films and whatever. And they always have a gas attack in them because that's the psychological kind of fuckery of world war one is gas. And they also didn't have gas mask uh, bags on. Devin, did you catch that? So, okay, I just want to riff off of Devin really quick. They would have had SBRs, right? The British ones. How would they have carried them?
3: So it's, it's a bag. It's about this big. It's about as wide as your chest. It's about this tall. And you wear it around your neck. So that way you could just undo this flap. It was in a chemically protective bag. So you just undo this flap and you pull it out and put it on. And it had this big tube that would come down to a filter that would sit at the bottom of the bag right on your chest. So.
4: They didn't have a single fucking SBR in this. Gas mask in the whole movie. Because after after like late 15, all the Commonwealth forces would have had those. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Some so, form of gas mask. You what? would have seen the chemical hoods behind the yes. lines and stuff, but yep. you would see frontline people would start having SBRs pretty quickly.
4: And so while I appreciate the fact that he didn't do that trope, you missed a very important piece of equipment on everybody, mm-hmm. among other things that you fucked up.
3: At least everybody was wearing a helmet.
2: Some of the Germans were wearing their hats.
4: Well, yeah, see that. Oh, Jesus Christ, that was bullshit too Is because Morning. Yeah, I'm getting there Um, But No, Germans wearing their hats In the combat, Jesus fucking Christ I hate that shit No, you're, you're gonna be wearing Your fucking helmet because you're in combat Even literally I think we've done this on the podcast But like if it's your first time listening to this In World War I And Two. If a fucking German field marshal was down on the lines, looking over that shit, that field marshal will be wearing his, you know, decked out uniform and all that shit with a fucking helmet on. That's part of your fucking gear. And as a private, nobody's going to allow you to wear a fucking Feldmütze into combat. Or when you're even, like, on the line. There's no fucking way. So, a lot of that shit, it's like, again, I'll just, I'll try to keep this quick, but I I, want to go on a fucking rant because it's so fucked up. Like, it pisses me off. This fucking film pisses me off so fucking much. And it's like, okay, so, you spend $20 million. You have $20 million at your disposal. You might have advisors that give you, okay, this is what the Germans were wearing or what we think they were wearing. You can't figure out that they didn't wear fucking field caps into combat.
3: Well, they couldn't even figure out that they had to have G98.
4: Yeah. Yes. That's, I, I didn't want to think about that, but like now, yeah. Okay. So they got some things right. The acting was okay in a lot of places and you still came out with this steaming hunk of shit because you're too fucking lazy to actually research what went on. Just like Hyena Road. That was not the Canadian experience in Afghanistan. And you spent that, you you got that much money, and you still fucked it up. And this is the first one, and you lost 16 million, and then somehow you're still making films? Jesus fucking Christ. So I think it's a fucking personal insult from Polly to the Canadian soldiers who fought and died and or were wounded or just fought there in Calgary, Alberta. I think it's a fucking personal insult for him as a Canadian to make something this fucking shitty about one of the biggest fucking battles the Canadian uh, forces have ever faced in their lives. I think it's, it's just fucking it pisses me off. It was so shitty and it was like Nobody gives a fuck about a goddamn love story. And um yeah, you you had so much opportunity because yeah, the passion deal set, that set was not bad at all. Like they had the 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 toothpick trees, just the mud, the craters, and you chose to make that 20 minutes out of your fucking shitty two-hour film. Fuck you. Fuck that. No, no, seriously, it's an insult.
1: I'm, 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 I'm listening. It's fine. Yeah,
4: this gets a, um, because of the fact that the actors, a lot of the actors did okay. Uh, the set was fucking great. At the end, it was about as close as you can get to what Passchendaele was, and the fucking plot with the crucifixion. Jesus Christ, man. No pun intended. Actually, I, I just, I just, I just realized what I said. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, but no, that shit, um because of the other efforts that were put into it and the set and every everything everybody else did that wasn't involved with your fucking selfish ass, two out of ten. You fucked you fucked so many people over. Putting
0: all the numbers into the computer that will tell us, A, if the battle of passion will be won. And B, if Paul Gross actually is a horrible person, we get a oh, rating yeah. of two. Nate, is this the lowest film?
1: I believe so, because I think Stalingrad 2013 has a 2.3. Yeah.
0: So, welcome to the Paul Gross fan club. We're very glad <laughs> that nah, we could him. have you here for our, our, our initial meeting and... Uh, yeah, there's, I guess there's not a lot else to say. I don't think he has it's any more really... war
2: fil- Canadian war films on the horizon, so I think... I thought he has two more in the works. Uh, right now? Oh, oh, no. What? Yeah. Um, no, i just kidding. No. Oh, fuck <laughs> you, Devin. Oh, I was about to look this up. No, I don't think he has Jesus anything God. else in the hopper.
4: Good. No, I fuck him. Tired now, so. Yeah, fuck him. He's a fucking... that oh, It just pisses me off so much.
3: One more. One more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right let's do passion dale 2 electric boogaloo that's right
4: <laughs> oh jesus yeah right you yeah. know from the grave not. he it's oh, seriously God. this is one of the most this is one of the most egregious fucking um not just a flop but like a, an insult
2: yeah well and it was watched. it wasn't a six it was a flop it, i mean look how much money he lost
4: i know but like it's, it, it's an insult
2: yeah It goes beyond
4: a flop. It's like an insult to the CEF that was there and actually went through this shit. And then to title it, yeah, anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm being redundant, I know, but like it really, it viscerally pissed me off Mm -hmm. watching this fucking horse shit. Make Make a fucking romance movie or make a fucking film about a battle that took place. You can't do both. Well... A lot has been said tonight, and this is probably one of the,
0: the only films I'll ever say don't watch.
4: Yeah, don't um, watch it. It's it's a waste of it, time. It, don't watch
0: it. it. It's completely a waste of your time. And Devin, I hope we didn't waste your time by having you on tonight. I learned oh, a lot. Oh,
3: no. I planned planned quite a while for this. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to after this, going to be able to eat my first meal of the day and uh, doing some chores.
0: Nice. Well, thank you so much for your time, dude. We look forward to having you on again and uh let's do storming juno let's see if there's actually is a good canadian war film you know yeah and hopefully. Uh, that i think would be pretty cool to take a look at and uh awesome well thanks for listening guys and i will leave you with a quote from the master and maestro mr gross himself said by his character in the movie i'm not a good storyteller until that we'll see you guys next week <laughs> how appropriate Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out.
1: Uh, Dude, dude, this is the first and probably now the last movie Molly will watch with me. (laughs) <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, you made her you made her do this that was
0: a mistake <laughs> you knew what the, you were well getting she yourself was hearing into.
1: me groan and she's like well she's like what's up i'm like i'll move i'll go downstairs and she's like well no i'll watch one i'm like it's gonna be bad and she's like i don't care it'll be fine like and no. then it got to like the fucking like um uh emotional like him going like and then i stabbed a boy with 17 inches in the forehead yeah yeah and i got the medal from stabbing 17 inches into a boy's <laughs> forehead and he and double repeats she went what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah
2: it's the same line she was like twice. "She
1: was like, what yeah. the fuck is this and then it came to like the jesus crucifixion carry across the field <laughs> oh, and she was no. like let,
4: let, let fucking shut up shut up <laughs> no, that's that's, shut up. that's just yeah <laughs> tell that story yeah, yeah, yeah. in the yeah, podcast yeah, we got a fucking pod to do right, okay. don't don't
1: sorry all right let's sync up